0: Hello, and welcome to High Tea Obsessed. I am your host, Thomas Boomhauer, and joining me today for the first ever NBA season preview that we're doing is none other than the podcaster known as Half Man, Half Amazing. I'm joined today by Philip of Hail Reaper. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Um, This is the first time I've been on a podcast without uh, the other Hail Reapers. So, this is cool? It's going to be fun. I mean, I I know that you and I, I was... I'm, maybe I'm stealing your thunder by saying this, but this is basically we're just taking the chats that we had on Discord about NBA off that and then putting it onto mm-hmm. a recording. So that's a that's a fun time. That's going to be a good hang. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah,
0: I'm excited to have you because, you know, I love the NBA. You love the NBA. Like you said, we're going to be doing this anyway. <laughs> yeah. And we basically have done it already. <laughs> so we might as well record it and hopefully people listen, you know, and if not, we had fun. So who cares? Exactly. So because I have a little bit of experience doing the season previews. Figured out a formula for this one. So first half of this, the first episode, what you guys are listening to right now, probably, is the Western Conference preview. And we're going to go division by division, team by team, talk about our predictions for how their seasons will turn out. And then we're going to talk about some storylines that we're into uh, and stuff like that. Because Philip is such a big Trailblazers fan, we're going to spend a little extra time on them at the end-ish of the team-by-team breakdown of this episode. And then we'll get into lead-wide storylines that we're into, looking forward to, stuff like that. Then, for the next episode, part two, uh, we will repeat that process with the Eastern Conference. And then at the end, instead of anticipated storylines, we're going to be doing some awards and championship predictions. So, we'll see. Because everybody else, it seems like, does a gambling-focused podcast...
1: Very little, if any, gambling talk come up here. I don't gamble. I don't know if you do. I do not, and I have never laid a bet down. I bought scratchers a couple times when I was eighteen. Okay. Um, So gotta when you turn (laughs) eighteen. That's the extent of my gambling prowess. So if we were to do like laying lines down or like over under win totals, I would be, I would just literally be online uh, looking at like a sports book and just saying, oh, I think this is going to happen, and being completely disingenuous in that process. So that said, so when I was making the outline,
0: I did use a gambling website to just just get the order down. So for each division, I am using VegasInsider.com's um, like order that the team was expected to win at each division. That's what, so like, I did
1: not know that. So you did that. So okay. So but you split up by division too so yes oh, but i'm surprised at some of these results then i actually like mm-hmm. looking at it now i didn't know that's how you uh, paired it off some like the southwest division like well i know we'll get to stuff but just hinting at like dallas of course like that makes total sense but i'm actually a little surprised by the pacific division already with the lakers win total potentially and probably being higher than the suns like that surprises me mm-hmm. so
0: yeah some of them are really weird yeah especially like i didn't include the odds but um I remember the magic where plus 10,000 to win the division, which on the one hand, it's like, they're not that bad, but then there's also no way they're going to win. Their absolutely division. absolutely
1: no way, especially with the division they play in. Like it just like, it's, right. it's not going to happen. And I mean, I actually would be rooting quasi rooting for that. That'd be kind of cool. But like, I think mm-hmm. the Wizards got better. I, I'm big on the Hornets. And then, I, again, you have the Heat and the Hawks. Like, yeah, there's no way yeah. they're going to win. Plus 10,000 almost seems generous, actually. But that's just a little... That's a sneak preview
0: of the preview. Yeah, for real. Uh, so now, let's get into... We started with the Pacific Division. What reason? I don't know. That's just what we did. And favorite to win that division. The Los Angeles Lakers, followed by the Phoenix Suns, Golden State Warriors... The Clippers and the Sacramento Canes bring up the tail.
1: So looking at the Lakers, what are your hopes for them this season? What do you think is going on with them? I want to say that we start with the Pacific Division because I'm a California native and uh, we got to go West Coast. We got to go Tupac over here before we can get the biggie. Um, but anyway, <laughs> <Not true. laughs> I know just, you're, just, you're like, no way, bro. Uh, I know you're a New York native Not too. the truth. So we have this we have a we have a clash of coasts going on right now. As for the mm-hmm. Lakers, I just hope they gel like honestly i have been so fascinated by seeing the additions and i just don't i don't get it like and i'm a i'm a huge i know we're both big lebron fans like i want to see him be incredibly successful i always am rooting for him uh as a person and as an athlete and he's my favorite professional athlete of all time i just i really like and and I lament the fact that that Buddy Healed trade to Sacramento didn't get done. Like I think that mm-hmm. would have just such a better fit. And then they have so they end up with Westbrook, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, which I like some of those. Uh, I actually really like getting Rondo back, even if he doesn't play at all in the um, mm-hmm. in the preseason or the preseason or regular season, but just like shows up big in the playoffs. I like Dwight's fit on the team a couple of years ago. I don't I don't think Ariza's is going to do much, and I kind of like Bazemore a little bit here i like baysmore i like i did not i hated Bazemore on the trailblazers two seasons ago he was oh he mm-hmm. played okay for golden state last year you can't say he was bad but you can't say it was good and i think that his role in this team is actually like a really functional role like we like the lakers aren't asking him to be anything more than like come on for 15 to 20 minutes and just play really good defense and hit a few open corner threes for us and that's a really right really He's... serviceable role he can fit into it's almost a uh low rent caruso
0: replacement he's not going to be as good on defense but similar yeah pull. and
1: you won't get up and down the floor as fast as caruso no, um is a free yeah um but i mean it's a, it's a that's a not that's not a bad comp so my hope for them is i don't think they're going to win more games than the phoenix suns according to this vegas insider what they have um here i just see like the cohesiveness of the carryover from the suns maybe being in the uh, fu mode from like not winning the uh mm-hmm the championship and everyone thinking they were and kind of like going, we, we got to come back and show you guys what's up. But also they're bringing back the cast and everyone's like pretty much the same for the Suns. And then the Lakers are going through this whole, like there's only three Lakers that were on last year's team that are on this year's team, like Taylor Horton, Tucker, AD and Braun. Like, I don't see how you just make that the highest win total in a division. Like, I just don't see that. And, mm-hmm. and, and then I'm rooting
0: for them. Also Westbrook is like, famously does not transform to anything besides what he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he plays his way, and they're just integrating that on the fly. It's going to be... I I mean, I think it could work. I just think it's going to be tough, and that it's going to depress their win total at first. A hundred percent. They'll probably come in strong at the end, but... I don't know. I agree. I think the Suns are... I think, I mean... The Suns, unless they have a total mental breakdown from that loss, which <laughs> I don't think so happens in the NFL, the like, Super Bowl loser definitely like, usually has a down season. But in the NBA, it doesn't feel like that's as big of a thing. So I would be surprised if the Suns didn't win this division. Yeah.
1: I and mean, I think mentality wise, you have I mean, look at the Suns. They have CP3 and Booker. Those guys are they're gamers, they're ballers. Like they're going to yeah. come out and they're going to want to prove that they belong in the conversation. And they want to get mm-hmm. back to the finals, and and that's they're not going to like settle for less. Uh, This is also the team. Yep. I know that the Lakers were hurt last year, but the the Suns were the team that beat the Lakers in the playoffs last year too. So I expect bigger things from the Suns just in terms of regular season. If we're just talking about that strictly right now and not playoffs, I expect right. bigger things from the Suns over the course of eighty-two games than I would the the Lakers. I want uh, side note on the Lakers before we leave that conversation is. I am really frustrated that I have to watch Russell, Russell Westbrook play this much this year. Um, probably my least favorite player to watch in the NBA, um, wow. like as far as stars go. Like there's like other guys that bug me that like just their games kind of bug me. But um, man, I just really hate watching this style of basketball, like just the inability to um, have no touch. Around, but for a point guard to have almost no touch around the rim, unless it's a dead-ass layup or a dunk no floater game at all mid-range game is like really flaky and the three-pointers are just the the volatility of the three-pointers going in or or not is is nuts and taking long breaks off the ball like I mean I just like honestly I'm keep going like I'm gonna stop myself from talking Mm -hmm. about what Westbrook does that I just hate watch I think the aesthetics of his game are not my jam On a highlight reel, like he's awesome. Like his highlight reels are maybe some of the best, if not the best in the NBA. Like, if you just want to give me the top 10 plays of his career, I would have more fun watching that than most. But in a 48 minute game, it's, it drives me up, up the wall. I can't stand it. Let me pitch you this. Go. Okay. Russ buys
0: into his role. You know, he moves on, he cuts, and LeBron's the point guard. And Russ is just a super like athletic shooting guard, locks in on D. All that good stuff, which I mean, I know some people we both listen to argue that he does lock down on D. He just makes bad choices. Uh-huh. Anyway, but picture this lineup: Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, Russell Westbrook, Small. LeBron James, <laughs> Anthony Davis. How fun is that? It's actually pretty. Just, fun. They're all it's really running tiny. around being like insane. I don't care. It's crazy. It's like you know, as long as they grind on
1: defense, I think it works. And it's just like, who's the tough to match? You had m- Oh, yeah. None. I was like, who's the third guy you mentioned? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to be able to hit like Monk and none are going to like they're going to like just rain shots and be splash zone for sure. Right. That's what I'm saying. And then you have a great distributor in LeBron. I, I I can buy that lineup. I think that that's the one thing that's the most interesting about the Lakers this season. And I know there I, I imagine we're spending a lot of time on this team specifically because uh, there's a lot to talk about. Um, right. But there are so many lineups that we aren't even anticipating yet with Frank Vogel and like the coaching staff and what they're going to do and what the looks will be. I hope AD plays the five more again. This is weird. Cause I, I talk about, I almost want to say we, cause I, I love the Lakers because I'm a California native and like this mm. is, it's, it's a, it's representative of co- culture here. And especially since Kobe died, Kobe, one of my being one of my most favorite players of all time. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm rooting for them even though they're not even my team. I don't even like claim them as my mm-hmm. team, but like, there's something about them as being from like kind of the mid to Southern California that's like important for them to be good and relevant in like my life, like which is weird, but it's true. There's something true about that. So uh I just well, I want to see all the lineups. I like your lineup. I kind of want to see like the 2019-20 big lineups again with like when I loved mm-hmm. like I loved the Dwight Howard at the five um ad at the four lebron at the three and then like i, I just like that it wouldn't pick your two guards then not like caruso as well and then uh it kind of didn't matter but it was big and it was clunky but there was something like just fun about like how mammoth it was and like how they just mm-hmm. couldn't like when they would wear there in the bubble like their defense was so locked down it was like unstoppable with that with that with those big three up there like big three meaning like physically big not like big, not, not like right. Dwight Howard's a part of like a, a big three but it was fun it was really fun Let's
0: see so the Suns like we said sorry I think we've done enough. Oh, done. We're talk. Good. Um bring back almost everyone and they add JaVale McGee which is they didn't have a backup five last year so that's huge uh, Elfried 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 Payne, <laughs> Elfried bro uh, <laughs> and Landry Shamit who uh, he was a net last year, and when he's hot, he's hot. Is this hot his and he's fourth good. team in four years or third team? I believe so. It might be his third in four years. No, it's he's been on it, the Clippers. If it's his fourth. It's year, fourth yeah, mm-hmm. Clippers, so Sixers,
1: Nets, and now the and and now Suns. Not mm-hmm. a back- So he's like he's a valuable
0: rotation player, but like not that valuable as we can yeah. see. And they lose Tory Trade who. Just a nice hustle guy. You like to have him to annoy, go to stores. Doesn't really do a great job stopping anyone, but he seems to be like annoying enough. And Javon Tarter, who I'm kind of excited to see on the Nets. I'll see, see what he does. But I agree. I think they're definitely like should be top three in the West this year, especially if they come out in Fu mode. And I want to be surprised if they're one or two at all.
1: I I I don't know. I'm like I'm a Western Conference like stan. So. I, I mm-hmm. want them to be good too. Like I it's weird as weird because I just said I want the Lakers to be great and I kind of want the Suns to be good too. Um I like um I like Alfred Payton and JaVel McGee probably more than most. I um I think Alfred Payton's been just in really weird circumstances and situations. I think mm-hmm. he's much better than he's shown, like Orlando and New Orleans and just places that weren't good for his game. I think that uh this Monty Williams rehabilitated. Uh, Christian, like not Christian Payne, but uh, i like can't remember his first campaign. name. Yeah, campaign, and like that was like wild So I think that we could see something very similar with Peyton, and I believe he was a son, like back when he was like really young, if I'm not mistaken. If I maybe I'm completely like dreaming that, but I thought he actually played for Phoenix. Um, but maybe I'm just thinking that maybe mixing those guys up, and he was Orlando first. But uh, he was Orlando okay. first for okay. sure. Okay, so I'm I think I might be dreaming that that then, but. The backup five that you said, like Javel. Nope. He was on Phoenix for 19 games. Yeah. I, in uh, 2017. I 18. know I watched him in a sun uniform at one point. So there we go. That recall was there. The backup five because their Sarich was effectively their backup five until he got mm-hmm. hurt. And then they had who they even come like pull in for that role in the playoffs after went Um, out?
0: Frank Mason, Frank the tank. Oh, my gosh. Not Frank Mason, Frank. No, uh, no I, Frank uh, Kamitsky commensity yeah Frank so the the
1: tank. The, when you can't even when we have a hard time remembering these guys names like that should show you like kind of the level they're at um because mm-hmm. you and i
0: he played good in the uh in game sets of the finals he was locking down
1: guys can have good games and that's and that's cool yeah. um and game six most important game of his <laughs> life he really was out. though was, was only good since song. wisconsin or whatever i think he went yeah right. he played for wisconsin i remember that final four It was boring um <laughs> and then anyway uh, I like JaVel McGee. I just think that what a good personality. I think this is like also, uh, one of the coolest guys. Like just from the basic stuff I've seen with interviews and like social media, he seems like just one of the coolest dudes, and such a good cheerleader to root on and encourage, right? Uh, encourage your bench, encourage your starters, and is really comfortable in the roles that he's always in. Uh, doesn't seem to be a complainer. I think again, Peyton's good. I I think this is. I want to say they're going to be the first team in the Western Conference this year.
0: Okay. I think the um, Javel McGee, his chemistry aspect, that's a huge point because we saw he was on the Olympic basketball team mm-hmm. and the rumors, the stories were that he was like the main culture guy there and got them all out of that weird funk from when they were dropping all the games uh, in the beginning. Yeah. Of like the tune-up games and then the first game against France. I also uh, remember like
1: bubble, like JaVale McGee was like, just like in a good mood like he yeah, was it was in yeah. you know, such a good mood like on the on the court on the bench and then also off the bench like going on water slides making sure like doing stuff with kyle kuzma like just like on like videos and stuff They were cap- espn was capturing and i was like he just seems like he's always in a good mood and i think that's something that you mm-hmm. have to or like he's willing to work for it too and you have to appreciate that about uh guys on your bench that are willing to do that and play those roles because bench players i don't know they they're They're not always important necessarily to a team. I mean, that's maybe it's too severe, but there's something to be said, like you said, uh, to reiterate your point is uh, the culture aspect is really important. Mm -hmm. And I think they're better off for it. And then uh, losing Torrey Craig, I don't see as a negative at all for the Suns. No. Um, And then losing Javon Carter, which is weird that like he didn't play enough, I don't think. But he's pretty good. Like... Weirdly Mm -hmm. underrated, but they
0: traded him for Shamit. So I think I guess they view it as a positive. That was the yeah. They gave him and a first for Shamit and something else. Oh my Uh, The Nets got um with their pit, The Nets got Dayron Sharp, I believe, unless it was Cam Thomas. But the Nets made it like bandits
1: on that. I know, I know. I was fired up. Yeah, you get like a really intense, incredibly serviceable player for uh for Shamit who like seems. I'm not going to say Ben Simmons scared, but definitely afraid of the moment in a lot of cases and just forgets how to shoot in like certain instances. That's more that. Like he's hot, he's streaky. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Especially because that's what he's, that's what Shaman is. Like as advertised, like he's kind of a special shooter. And that's what he was in Philly mm-hmm. when he was kind of coming up. It was like Philly and, uh, excuse me, really first in uh, LA as a Clipper and then right. as Philly as a shooter. Like that's what he's there for. And it's like, and the last couple of years, he just seems like he can't hit those those dagger shots, and even being pretty open. So, uh, I mean, yeah. great trade for you guys. For you guys and the Nets, that's awesome. Yeah, Sean March is
0: great. Uh, moving on to the Warriors, I so the buzz is you know these. This is one of the most volatile teams. Oh I gosh. think maybe the floor, the basement isn't that low, but the ceiling is pretty high. I think they probably finish in that like play in game range. And I will say, and I don't know why, it's probably just because everyone is so obsessed with him. I'm not that in on Steph Curry. I know, like, obviously, he's one of the greatest, greatest, greatest ever. And he's a shooting guard. He's not a point guard. I don't, like, I know he had a great season last year. Can you make the playoffs before we give you MVP talk? I'm sorry. Like, don't lose to Ja Morant and the Grizzlies. And then, like, now you're a championship team this year. Okay. What like I don't see it. I don't think they're a championship team. I think if they are, it's because the West is weak this year.
1: I would agree. The West is weaker. Um uh, weaker than it's been in a long, long time. Um, okay. Should I be like just brutally honest how I feel about <laughs> should I just go all in on my feelings about this then too?
0: Yeah. I mean I, I just don't, okay. see it, uh, me. I don't see it. But uh
1: I don't see either. It's like I have this like complex with the Warriors. I live in like kind of like I live in like the mostly the middle of California and I can kind of like I'm mm-hmm. kind of I don't depending on the traffic I'm closer to LA than I am San Francisco it just depends on like the day and the time and I really it's weird mm-hmm. um, but man I cannot stand the Warriors because I cannot stand like the culture uh, like that um, and I'll, I'm actually closer than anything to Oakland and I love the city of Oakland um, mm-hmm. as a city as a place to be it is one of the coolest places you could go and hang out. For a day or a couple of days. Like it is so beautiful and so wonderful. And people think of it a certain way. And wh- whatever you think about Oakland, like uh you're wrong. It's an actually an amazing city, incredible city. And around the time that Steph and, and Iggy and and you know Clay were all blowing up, and it was just becoming this thing where you know Joe Lakeup and the ownership group of the Warriors like were pricing out like the locals, like hardcore, and yeah. all like these Silicon Valley VCs were moving in and taking those, those seats away. And then now they're in San Francisco, which I think that's where they belong because that's where most of their fans are are now. And um, I just, I can't root for this team because I think the culture that they've installed and like taking it, this ground roots, like feel. Um, I know this is like really weird because this is like all about me. It's not even about like the, the basketball team. And so, but it's like, I can't root for it. And, but also like just putting my feelings aside, um, I see the way you see. Like, I don't think Bielitsa, and Avery Bradley right. are gonna be doing anything for this team. I
0: have the list of every team's key additions and losses here.
1: So if we don't their
0: additions, it's Belicia, how Belica, I can't even attempt to say it. Belitza, who could like was OK and Satraman, break the rotation almost, for the heat though. Right when they exactly. shooting <laughs> And then Avery Bradley, who also could not break the rotation for the heat and got traded, I believe, from them or cut. Chris uh Chiesa, who was a net. He's my height, which is not very tall for you out there. And he's good, but, like, you don't want to play him if you have hopes to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the corpse of Aguadala, who, you know, he's going to be good yeah. when he plays, but he's not, like, going to be great. He's not going to be locking anyone up anymore. Uh, and then two rookies who, I think, Kumenga, the way he came out in summer league, um, silenced a lot of doubters. It seems like he might be yeah. the type of guy who, now that he's in the NBA, he improves and is, like, really dedicated to his game and his craft and it was just the college didn't really care in college thing um and moody but two project rookies who last year they had a project rookie and they were
1: awful when he played yeah so like what are we doing yeah so the pieces don't feel like they fit because you have this like um win now mode and then you have a ton of like and then you have either old guys or really Mm -hmm. young guys and it's like i steph i think can he's a he's a wonder machine like the guy is an amazing basketball player I mean one of the all-timers so I'm not gonna ever doubt Steph uh and like what he can do and on a a basketball floor and then he like I Draymond's great uh I actually Mm -hmm. really like Wiseman and I still think Wiseman can be something um Mm -hmm. I I like Wiggins which is probably the (laughs) worst take than the i not liking Steph. yeah I I, yeah like Wiggins is fine um and then I think I mean again a, a good NBA player like not a great but a good NBA player Clay could come back. If you're like a Warriors Mm -hmm. fan, like the things to be excited about are Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, and Jordan Poole being on Mm -hmm. fire already in a couple preseason games. And apparently made the leap. Yeah. And hearing all this like six uh, man of the year buzz already, like with uh, after two preseason games, like, but I remember watching that draft and he got drafted. I think the 28th pick and being like mad about it. Cause again, I'm an anti-Warrior fan and thinking great. They got like a really competent, awesome shooter. And just like thinking, like they, like that's the one thing that, like, I didn't want them to to have, and mm-hmm. and now, and he was good. I think he played a little weird in that series versus Memphis, um, that play-in series. Uh, but he mm-hmm. was pretty dang good in that in those two games, and I would be excited about that if I'm a Warriors fan. So, so you can take just right. those pieces, like right. I say, let's say Kaminga does turn it up. Uh, let's say Wiseman kind of like says, okay, I can actually do this, and then mm-hmm. you have Jordan Poole, like. Those three guys plus like uh, a hopeful, you know, Clay and then Steph and Drayon. Clay yeah, is seventy
0: five percent. That's
1: pretty good. That's actually for the West. I mean, like, right. I mean, I think that this their ceiling is probably a fifth seed and their floor is probably a ten seed playing game, like kind of status. Or like, or mm-hmm. is that yeah, like about the not ten seed, but you know, kind of like that lower tier. Yeah, blanket. seven, eight, nine times. Yeah, so that lower. I think so. It could be really. I tell you, that's a good, good word. So I'm done talking about the Warriors because, uh, in a in a sense, because I'm talking too long now. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I I have no idea, but I'm not rooting for them personally. But I think that if you're a Warriors fan, there's a I think there's some stuff to be excited about.
0: Yeah, I think there's stuff to be excited about. I'm just lower on them than I don't think they're a real championship contender. Even if everyone comes back, maybe next year when Clay has another year under his belt, we'll see if he can move laterally still.
1: Yeah, I I mean. I'll just say this right now. Like no one in the West is championship caliber compared to the two teams waiting for them, in the East. Like I would, if you're just, if you're factoring health in, there's no way that I'm picking anyone over the two teams in the East right now, like from, from the West. Moving
0: on to the Clippers. Uh, I don't think we have to spend a lot of time on this. It's a quasi rebuilding year for them. A little bit of a, I don't even, it's just like a, you know, Kawhi not coming back this year. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we have with these other guys. Um, Paul George could show out. Maybe they do a. Uh... It's tough. Cause... Do you know if this year is a year that they have a pitch swap or an outright like? Oh,
1: the Thunder. Their pick. I actually don't. Is... Um, but I. Okay. Uh, but I won't be surprised. Either if way, it's it not ideal this... to tank. Yeah, tank. I wouldn't be surprised if it kicked in this year. Uh, yeah, because of the way it that might be better. Trade I... was working. Yeah, let's keep going. Um, but yeah, I think they're probably at best to play in team and then round one exit. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I liked the way they played against the Jazz a lot and I'm more of mm-hmm. a Jazz fan than the Clippers fan, but I thought they looked really good and I think they, they honestly, they got rid of the piece that I think actually weirdly held them back and I don't know where you are with Patrick. Pat, Pat Beverly. Or, yeah, I think he's a yeah. one. I think if again, this is funny because one of my least favorite players. my absolute least favorite player in, in in the nba uh because i think that his skill level is so subpar and it's just like he gets this all this notoriety because he's kind of a badger and like mm-hmm. but like you remember last year he like broke book's nose and like the, versus the suns and mm-hmm. it's just like he just kind of like puts himself in these weird positions like i would think this about draymond green if draymond green weren't also awesome but draymond green happens mm-hmm. to be an incredible basketball player but i feel like they're like the same kind of player just that pat bev just has no like true amazing basketball skill compared to his peers also draymond is like incredible
0: in the media yeah actually like, right you yeah. know what i mean he's very funny and charming and patrick beverly is like
1: talking to a wolverine
0: <laughs> he's
1: just annoying yeah it's i i will never actually like so i don't like the Warriors, but as like i'm talking about a franchise right like i don't like the franchise like the people on that team i'm sure they're all awesome dudes like I'm, i'm almost positive of it like I would never say anything mm-hmm. personally about Steph or Draymond or like, I'm sure they're great guys uh, and I would, I would kick it with them for sure. I don't care what Jersey mm-hmm. to put on. I would, I honestly just don't think that I'd want to like be around Pat Beverly. <laughs> like I just like, mm-hmm. he just seems like he's difficult and he's hard to talk to and just, he's very willing to make fun of people, which is really weird to say. But like, I think that that in t- t- like 2021, 2022, like that is not something that we should be like, accepting socially when someone just like wants to bring people down just for the for their own like pleasure or fun and i think he does that a little too much like it's not just mm-hmm. it's not just well he was talk. like it's beyond that
0: he was kind of beefing with uh your boy dame right that's where it really started it's in like, a lot it's like you gotta yeah. st- you gotta know where you're at i mean i know you know you never beef down you
1: gotta that's how it works kind of thing
0: but just come on, this is like Dame Lillard. Yeah, Relax. I mean,
1: that's Pat Bev. That's where it started for me. I mean, a little bit, but really, like what what I didn't like about that, to go into to Pat a little bit more, is like he did that from the bench. He wasn't even dressed for that game. Right. He was talking crap, and he couldn't. He wasn't even on the floor. And it's like it's like that's like it almost felt like I know you're an NBA player, but like. That's like you or I showing up and talking crap to any other NBA player. It just feels it's just like we're in the stands. And like he mm-hmm. I, he effectively was in the stands in street in street clothes talking crap. And it's just like, bro, like that's not that's just weak. Mm-hmm. But to the to, I'm a Harry Giles truther. Uh, I i okay. love Harry Giles. So I, I just weird situations. The Kings. Then he was on Portland last year. He was doing pretty. He could see like this little pop and this little like bursts of like, OK, cool. I like that. I like that. And then he got hurt. And so that's kind of been his problem. Either he's played for the worst organization in, in NBA, or he's been hurt. Mm-hmm. One of the two things. But on, on with a Lou led team, he can play mm-hmm. kind of small. Like, if that's where they want to keep going, he can play like a small five, even though he is really, like, big. He has the mm-hmm. athleticism to play in, like, like, in a different role and, and play out on the wing if needed. Uh, I think this is a, good, a really good fit for him. And... Uh, I, I just and I like Justice Winslow, all right too. I I do not like Bledsoe. Sadly, I, I want I've wanted to for a long time, but I think I finally sold my stock. These are all like you like or dislike as a as they play, not like the same as Pat Bev. No, not at all. Yeah, I would. I mean, I don't have anything negative to say about any other NBA player, probably other than Pat <laughs> Bev <laughs> as far as personality goes. Um, gotcha. It's just
0: tough with Bledsoe when like pre Hornets Terry Rozier embarrasses you, and I've always loved Terry mm-hmm. Rozier, even. Though I'm a Nets fan and I hate the Celtics. I was always hoping they would trade for him. Yeah, but that's tough when you're like where you're at, Bledsoe's at, and where Rozier was at at that point, and he just like goes head to head and embarrasses you, and then wears a Drew Bledsoe jersey. <laughs> Love like, that. Co- that's so tough much, though. It was so. That's good. very
1: tough. Um. So the Clippers, I, I actually, and also I think this is the sneaky John Wall destination if the buyout actually happens too. Okay. I am a John Wall truther still, but we'll talk about Dang. that later. Okay. Um. So if
0: this Mets team was any team besides the team that they are, I would be like very high on them being like a sneaky, like a super fun team. But this team is cursed, and like you said, worst team in the NBA. Just joke franchise, and it's sad. Sacramento Kings. uh, Key additions: one, I'm very high on Davion Mitchell. I'm so excited for the Mitchell Fox Halliburton lineup. I don't care who else is playing. Give me that three headed dragon. Yes. It's going to be sick.
1: That's the lineup that we all want to watch, right? Like, this is the, I think this so. is the, like, this is the, uh, the league pass team. They, I mean, when we talk, people talk about yep. league pass, this is like one of the ones that's really up there because of this three headed dragon. And also, Marvin, uh, Marvin Bagley if he can do anything. <laughs> I don't. Just give me, think give, me so, dude. I, <laughs> give me this Go lineup.
0: Give me this lineup. I'm, I'm like, uh, Tris Vernon. I'm still in on Badley. Okay. Bagley at the five. <laughs> He's not stopping anyone, time. but I don't care. Harrison Barnes at the 4, Halliburton, Fox Mitchell and then just run, just run. I, I missed. I was laughing
1: about bags. Who was at the 4?
0: <laughs> Harrison Barnes. Okay. Just cuz he's a little bit big. He's small ball he's four a small on ball the four. Warriors. Um he can be, yeah. It works. Well, about so you're going to about rebounded 87 to 1. So it's um not enough shooting at all. But it's just gonna be fun. I don't care.
1: This lineup is actually a really good lineup if you take out Bagley and put in Rashawn Holmes, and that's like an actual probably good NBA lineup, even with a rookie. Like that is a lineup that people should be scheming for, and maybe even a little afraid of in certain situations, because Halliburton mm-hmm. has like he's like one of those five tool players. I Fox is you, we you and I both are big Fox fans, and then I think that Davion Mitchell can just be like just do his thing. Uh, I mean yep. that, that's so, a, a rot wild. Yeah, this is like a, a totally good lineup taking out Bagley and putting Rashawn Holmes in. And
0: uh mm-hmm. a, I forgot, yeah, that's a good point. That's a real actual NBA lineup, not a meme like two K
1: lineup. No, it's a it's like legit. Like and losing Hassan, Here's one Hassan thing, Whiteside though. is also one of the one I don't like using the term subdition like addition by subtraction, but that is definitely yeah how it happened. He barely played for them.
0: Uh with I think he was injured or something. Like he didn't play a lot of games for them. Uh, also, he just like is not actually good. It's tough it's, to see. Yeah, I feel I kind of feel bad for him, but yeah. But um, it could be nice, you know. They could do stuff. I don't know. It seems like Luke Walton has just proven he's not a good head coach when he doesn't have an embarrassment of riches.
1: I I mean, when when was he good head coach ever?
0: The Warriors when he was an interim oh, head coach. So, uh, when, he, the so when he had seventy-three and nine seasons so for the when beginning. When
1: he had one of the best, if not the best, regular season team of all time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, I
1: mean, I forgot he with played
0: like a hu- with a stat roster of assistant coaches,
1: and too. that was when they won that they threatened or almost om- then they threatened the the win total consecutive win total, right? Or did they break it?
0: Yes, um, I think they threatened it, and it was all to start the season yeah. too, which
1: was it wasn't that, it's like thirty three or thirty four wins, I believe, right? Yep, that's the record. yeah, that's they got like to twenty seven, I believe, in the Bucks beat them or something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, that was I mean again. This is what like f- five years ago, so I, I it's hard mm. to recall that, but. It was uh an, again as a Warriors, anti-Warriors fan, this is the most frustrating uh time in my in my NBA life was watching them win that many games. But uh that was um if you're talking about all-time favorite sports moments, uh my favorite professional athlete beating that 73 and nine team was like 20 super Bow- yeah, that was like sick. 20 super bowls for me. And I I literally bought a t- I've never been one to buy like commemorative stuff. I've I, I do not have any single commemorative thing, but I bought a Cavs commemorative like shirt like the like the le, le like the and then the Kyries mm-hmm. three and i was just like i never i've only worn it once but i was like i don't care that was one of the most delightful secondhand
0: enjoy like hand enjoyment championships probably of all time we had like lebron just weeping on the court I mean, and hugging dude, i lost it kevin love uh, and then Jr. Smith being shirtless for like an entire month <laughs> after incredible content, smoking, just
1: like s- smoking cigars and being shirtless for like a month straight. Um, yeah, I mean,
0: it was like when um uh, this other another one is like when the uh, Washington Capitals one and just Ovechkin just yeah like just living like a
1: Russian for yeah he was he was all in it ever. yeah it was in his bag that whole time uh yeah like that uh that I mean I I do want to go back to that this real quick because. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. like literally stood up in in the living room that I was in. I was like at my my father in law's house and just like walking around with my arms open. Like they won, they actually. Won. I couldn't even believe, mm-hmm. I couldn't comprehend that that Warriors team could be beaten. I couldn't even comprehend it. And yeah. I was like, I was saying the words, but I wasn't wasn't matching. And then, uh, and man, it was like I just like was just just gaping at the TV for like hours after that. And uh, man, what a great! It's again, it was like my favorite sports moment I think I've ever had uh, in my life. It was just so like awesome. Also, my second favorite was probably that. 04 Red Sox over the Yankees, which I don't know how young you were, but that was no, I
0: I, I was yeah. eight. I, Dude, I was it, I was
1: eighteen. It was freaking amazing. So it was like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Uh, but uh, yeah, I loved. I lo- I still go back and watch the last five minutes on YouTube of that game, like every few months, because it was it's wow. a rock fight. It's not even like that great mm-hmm. of a basketball game, like, but it's all the block yeah it's the block in the and i just
0: knowing what's coming yeah
1: and it's just like still seeing it and just and being in complete disbelief that it that actually happened Mm -hmm. uh it's amazing and i just love i love watching it and we were talking the kings about the kings though but uh i think that's this speaks to the kings a lot when you get distracted and start talking about something completely different
0: including baseball (laughs) um so you know i like them to lose a ton of games if Everything breaks right, which we know it won't because they're cursed and also like horribly managed. Ten seed, I see them threaten like yeah. getting into the plan. I hope. I, I hope l- too. love Fox. Yeah, I think he, especially because like the Grizzlies are purposefully taking a step back. Um, but every other team is trying besides the Thunder. Okay, so I, it's gonna be. I tough. don't.
1: I don't fully agree with the Grizzlies take, but I. But I. But I see. I. I know. Okay. I know that the trade of Valanciunas insinuates that, but I think that. I think they're just trying to clear some room. We'll get th- there. There are two teams away. Well, so that, they're we'll next. Yeah.
0: So we're in the Southwest division, um, Dallas Mavericks. And I want to bring in their T addition subtractions right away, because these were pretty notable. So T additions. And this is another one you can say this might not be an addition. Jason Kidd. That's, I think, one of the biggest questions lingering over the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Tillotina, Reggie Bullitt, Sterling Brown, and Moses Brown. Mm-hmm. And they lost Rick Carlisle and Josh Richardson, who was not really a fit with them for whatever reason. Because uh, he has So been losing good Rick like Carlisle. Sadly, that's that's yeah. true. But losing Rick Carlisle for Jason Kidd. Based on what we last saw in Milwaukee and Jason Kidd's like personal history. Seems like
1: a disaster. Um, Man, so everything else you said is awesome. I think that having mm-hmm. Frank Niki- Frankie Smokes or Frank Nelikina, Niki- mm-hmm. it's hard to say, uh, is awesome. I think Reggie Bullock is, is a way better. Like, they wanted Josh Richardson to be what Reggie Bullock is going to be, like, already. And then Sterling Brown mm-hmm. to do essentially that same thing as well. And then Moses Brown, I'm i am all in on Moses Brown. No one knows who that guy is, mm-hmm. but he's really, he's pretty good at basketball. And he's going to be, like, Dwight Powell's backup, I'm assuming. Just, like, that's the way he'll probably fall into, like, this kind of backup stretch five. Which is what, like Dwight Powell, who is the? I can't remember the other guy's name. The, the other white guy they have that's um, pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Mazi. Yeah, he, like, and he's like, he's such a good compliment. They have three guys that can like stretch and like move and like are also good rim protectors. Like now, mm-hmm. and that's and so it gives so much flexibility and mobility for uh for Porzingis to do his own thing with those three guys. It's 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 a mm-hmm. really good basketball fit. The actual additions and it's being undersold. Uh Dallas is gonna be good. Um, if right. Jason Kidd can be a good competent head coach. Cause that downgrade, like mm-hmm. you said, or even suggested or hinted at wherever you insinuated. No, I i said it was a disaster. It, it's, it's awful. It's like, I mm-hmm. mean, maybe he learned some things from Vogel being an assistant in the Lakers, but I mean, this thing is like you and I are talking, like we're we're armchairing GMing this whole podcast, right? We were not like we're not we're, right, but that's the day. Yeah, we're not MBA analysts or whatever, but like. You you can watch something for long enough and just know what works and what doesn't. Like and you can do that in any profession or any or any sport. It just if you watch something long enough and you're really studious about it, like Jason Kidd is not good at being a coach. And I just don't know right. like
0: I don't know what And it is possible that his drama free stint as Lakers assistant like maybe he did learn a lot like you said like that's always possible growth and yeah learning and self improvement like that stuff happens and but also I love, like based on what we've seen it's not likely
1: and also like that team had lebron james on it and like who do you mm-hmm. think was a more influential coach on the lakers lebron or kid last year uh. <laughs> I mean, Lebron, you know, <laughs> right, Lebron's like, one of
0: the smartest players of yeah, all time. It's, it's the thing is. I mean, Jason Kidd also, as a player, was, was one dope. of the smartest he players. Was amazing. That's. Yeah. Listen, I grew up a Nets fan. So my yeah. first basketball memories are Jason Kidd and Vince Carter, Richard Jefferson, that was and all long that. Long. You had Richard, Richard Jefferson, yeah. So I, as a player, Jason Kidd. Like, as soon as Jason Kidd retired, is when I stopped being good at basketball. <laughs> basically, because like I didn't have his like creativity to draw from in my own game. Yeah um so like no disrespect to him as a basketball intellect but it doesn't work as a coach for some reason yeah i
1: mean but we've seen that time and time again it doesn't sometimes it just Mm -hmm. doesn't translate like
0: because they they can't i think um who i think on um raja bell and Loden murdoch on the Rainier nba show uh raja was talking about how most players as good as like steve nash jason kidd lebron they can't translate the game to the players who aren't as good as them which is why he thought steve nash would be good because steve nash can translate that yeah better do that with it so that's probably the issue is that jason kidd is like a freaky genius and he can't be like here like
1: read my mind i i've done this before in my own life i i'm used to be a former guitar instructor like i played mm-hmm. guitar since i was like really i mean truly probably more since i was like 14 15 but i i started when I I wasn't serious about it until that point, but I started when I was in fifth grade playing guitar. And you think you have all this acquired knowledge for playing guitar for majority of your life. And then you like start trying to teach people how to do it. And you're like, oh, this is really hard. Like, it's really hard to tell just like, go, oh, just do this. It's like, no, like for Mm -hmm. you, that is like something that's very natural or like, or it came naturally to you. But that's not that same experience for everyone else. And I had, a, I was really challenged by actually kind of quit doing it like I only I have a few students anyway and I was like you know what this is good I'm I had a good exit point and I just took it when I could mm-hmm. just like but it's it's hard to explain something to someone if you have a knack or an ability or or you already worked mm-hmm. hard for something and then you're like okay now I have to explain it without really modeling it that's so hard so good luck Jason kid because you have been given the keys to the kingdom of a really good basketball team with an like the
0: future of the, NBA. the, future of
1: the NBA so I hope you do well but I I you got to prove it I guess, right? Mm-hmm. That said, because they do have Luta and
0: the rest of the dis- this division, outside of the Grizzlies probably, it's pretty bad. And then if you, if you want to be charitable outside the Grizzlies and the Pelicans, but we will see. Uh, So they should have a lot of wins just off of that. Yeah, they'll anyway, beat up those Nets... teams.
1: They'll beat up Houston and San Antonio and, 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 and New Orleans. Sure. Like, I mean, who knows about New Orleans? I, I don't, but like, they added some mm-hmm. nice guys, but I, I who knows, yeah.
0: But, like you said, Grizzlies might not be a disaster or bad. Uh, they're second in this division. Key additions, they added Jarrett Colfer, basically for free. They so got Patrick Beverly. Uh, st- they swapped Steven Adams and Jonas Valanciunas. I added Zaire Williams, which was kind of a shock at the time, because they traded um, to get that pitch. So they basically traded up to get him. And then Chris Dunn, who I think could be a nice backup addition for them.
1: I am so high on this team, like ridiculously high. And it wasn't just because of last year's uh, like play and win over the Warriors. I just think they're awesome. I think Brennan Clark Mm -hmm. is for real uh, as a back. I think their second unit is so good. Like Xavier Tillman, Brennan Clark, Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, and Tyus Jones. That is like the second. Like, I know there's nothing special about that. But they're all so competent and they're all so good in their role and they understand where to be, what to do. Tillman mm-hmm. was was playing center in those games over Jaron Jackson at times in crucial moments. And Jaron Jackson's this awesome, like you know, basketball player. Steven Adams. yeah, assuming he's healthy and like takes a leap this year. Um, that'd be huge. I almost thought the so for me that the Steven Adams, like people were like, oh, they downgraded, they traded Valanciunas for Steven Adams. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. no, they're just making room for Brandon Clark. Uh, jaron yeah. jackson and xavier tillman to play more and that
0: was like that was my take i was gonna say like i think they probably traded Valentinus for adams so that the coach couldn't play valentunas anymore
1: yeah like and i i like that coach like uh taylor jenkins i like that coach too but mm-hmm. he's 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 worried about his job and he's just trying to put the best player in there and then the front office is like hey like these guys are better than valentunas but they need the mm-hmm. reps so we just have to give them the reps because i think all three of those guys are could could be better than Valanciunas and, I, again at least
0: defensively yeah
1: i mean i love brian clark and i really like Xavier uh tillman senior and then jaron jackson is when on when healthy is awesome to watch like my like two years ago he had the highest three-point shooting percentage of any center ever and then like or a player above like or a six foot eleven or higher or something like that whatever it was it was like mm-hmm. multiple he filled in multiple boxes or something like, it was crazy and he was like shooting almost 40 percent from three as a center It's just like how cool is that uh i love the mm-hmm. grizzlies um so like openly rooting for them. Like I've said, like, I want like teams like, like them to do, like the Suns to do well. Like I don't root for the Suns I'm not putting them on intention. I'm like, I'm going to watch cause these games. I'm going to root for them. John Morant is my guy. I think Dylan Brooks is rad. I'm really fascinated by Jaron Jackson. I think their second unit is awesome. And then again, here's like the, also like that third level, like their third level is like Jarrett Culver and Zaire Williams are on that third level, like mm-hmm. jep chart. This is there's no bad players on this team like truly like bad players. I Mm -hmm. I think they're gonna surprise. I hope they do. And um, I just had to like write that verbal love letter to the Grizzlies because this is like, I think people are like weirdly sleeping on this. Sleeping on yeah yeah. And I I think they I think because like it appears that they're taking a step back,
0: but it doesn't necessarily mean that they are. I don't like just
1: to be clear though. I don't think they're grabbing a, a top six seed in the West
0: okay so playing i game. still think
1: they're high-end playing game status
0: you think they're like
1: seven, seven eight. eight easy and i think i i would they've done i mean like they played my guys they played portland two years ago for that right and they actually had the better record going mm-hmm. into that playing game like, right Port, they just like portland um, just
0: claps on the stretch portland
1: overtook them in those eight seeding games but they had they came into the bubble with a better record than portland last year they mm-hmm. beat the warriors that when, when they were actually clicking as a unit when right. gtj or like what's not gtj um uh juan anderson i was thinking gary yes. Trent jr sorry Juan t yeah so we had one t and pool were really starting to pop like they beat those guys like it was they were awesome like the grizzlies and then good.
0: Morant like went off in the playoffs even though he couldn't shoot at all yeah he was like going off f- if he can figure out the shot at Dude, all it's the floater insane
1: the floater is dope like his floater is the cool, like over but the how high he can arc it over rudy gobert like he just like mm-hmm. and it's so sudden, it's so athletic, it's so quick, and then so good.
0: If he can get any regard for his own well-being and safety and not miss fifteen games a year because he landed on someone's ankle, yeah. like he's gonna be because that always sets him back too, to that he misses 15 games both years by pretty much the same injury. I feel like he yammed it on someone and then came down <laughs> weird. Um yeah.
1: it's it's like always and like So don't if you can avoid
0: that and then yeah. and then ramping up bad from the injury like he could average 25 and 10 or something
1: crazy uh one of this is this is the team to watch like for me like if like again like league that league pass kind of team like what am i gonna put on tonight mm-hmm. the blazers aren't playing or like the lakers are playing a team like the kings and or we that's a bad example this year they're playing the spurs let's say you know like i'm not as interested in that so if memphis has a good matchup it's going on the tv like i'm watching any memphis game i can when when it's when it's like not interfering with my other schedules
0: it does feel like most teams are fun this year, which is cool. Yeah. Um, one team that should be especially fun because they always are if they're not good, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. New coach, Willie Green, which is just because of the team won't be miserable, an upgrade over Stan Van Dundee. Uh, they also bring in Devonta Graham, Jonas Valanciunas, Tomas Hadaransky, mm-hmm. Garrett Temple, uh, Luz, Eric Bledsoe, and Steven Adams. Biggest loss, actual loss, is Lonzo ball.
1: It's a real like thing, yeah. Uh
0: especially ball for Graham is not
1: ideal. I mean, you look at that, there's upgrades right here, like Jonas Vantunus for Steven That's an upgrade. Like on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh I the the combination of uh like Graham and Saturansky is a definite upgrade over mm-hmm. blood. So and then but yeah, ball mm-hmm. is the only one that you're you're losing out him. But I think like the it's like Saturansky and Devontae Graham like equal. A lot of what Ball does, but granted, there I think one per- there's one person Saturansky will
0: probably play more. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh. So can I give you a dram take?
1: Yeah, please. I actually, I mean, this is a very interesting. I feel like person he's a
0: mid 2000s NBA player. Like he shoots a lot. He's like he shoots 39 percent from the floor and like from three almost too. That's weird. But like, he's not efficient. It's just like it's like throwback NBA. Like he's gunning his. It's volume. Efficiency is bad. Yeah. I don't. All right, so we know Zion's out with a broken yeah. foot, gonna miss it a little bit. Probably not that much of the season, but I've heard like everyone's saying, is what I've been hearing. So a lot. misses two weeks, but he has he's been you know presumably got that surgery, hasn't been re like he's been rehabbing, he hasn't been working on his game as much. It's not gonna be in killer shape. It's like
1: twenty minutes a game, like our twenty. He'll be like capped by the coach or the front office. And
0: hopefully yeah. not, but probably. But so like I know they have a new coach and all that. Why aren't they a disaster again? You know,
1: I have no faith in this team, absolutely none.
0: It's just tough to know. It seems like Zion is going to go to New York, and if he does, I hope he brings um Cam Reddish, bring them all in the. Yes, I hate the Knicks, but <laughs> bring them all to New York. Yeah, you know it'll be fun.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool to recreate that Duke
0: thing. Um, and but sorry, Pelicans, I, I do not like Brandon Ingram.
1: Oh, thank I'm you, because I don't like him either at all. Like, I, I I I have a friend that like doesn't necessarily like. Brandon ingram but he definitely like he'll always text me his stat line when he has a good game and i'm like i don't care like he's it's it's like kevin love like circa timberwolves like to me it's just like mm-hmm. i don't care about your numbers like do you make your team for the money you make and for like the status you have do you make your teammates better and you don't like you just it's mm-hmm. like the 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 shooting numbers are great and he has like a t- decent athletic ability but i just don't see like how he's making players around him better, and in fact, I think he detracts especially from Zion when Zion's healthy. Um, it's a bad fit, it's the next Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid to me, yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, without that upside, up
0: as but I think you know, he could be an asset to other guys. Um, maybe we do a Simmons for interim trade, see what happens, yeah.
1: I mean, that would actually kind of like if they didn't, it'd be if fun they didn't grab, I think, yeah. I mean. I think that actually weirdly works in the way that I didn't think about. I I wouldn't be pumped about it, like if I were a Pelicans fan, like because mm-hmm. who knows what Simmons is on that team because I think it's a, a team without like a, a severe lack of identity, but I don't know, who knows? Mm-hmm. I'm actually like weirdly, this is like the one team I want to push the like the pass button on and like stop talking about because I just really just found it yeah. so disinteresting. Yeah. I mean, I think if
0: Zion had a healthy offseason, I'd be very interested, but because he didn't. Yeah. I'm like, why aren't they worse than last yeah, year? Yeah, for sure. Um, so moving on to the Spurs, who had a weird offseason. <laughs> Dude, the Zach Collins thing is uh, already. That's yeah, do you want me to <laughs> clear the flip? I... Brought back uh Brent Forbes yeah. and that also puzzling puzzlingly added Joshua Primo in the draft, who, you know, I'm not a draft knit, I don't really know, mm-hmm. but seemed like a surprise. Everyone was like, what's going on with that? So we'll see. But Seems like they're doing the same kind of thing they've done trying to float and not just taking a year off to be bad and get a good pick. But
1: they might do it accidentally. Uh yeah, they're going to. Uh and I think that we're gonna see Thad Young uh mm-hmm. on a different team uh before the season's over. Yeah. Uh, I, and that's that's probably gonna happen. I think that Bryn Forbes might be also on a different team before the season's over. I think that you're just gonna see like this is like the start of this team is not going to be like, cause guys are going to it, just like things people like Bryn Forbes and Thad Young that are serviceable or in Thad Young's case, well more than the serviceable are going to be on different teams that are com- actually competing for, uh, you know, things. And they'll get like, you know, high second round draft picks in return to maybe a couple, like a young player that maybe has a shot at being something. Uh, Alfred, this is such a confusing team and I want to like the Spurs. I know you don't, but um, Alfru Camino, what, like, why? Like, and then, and then Zach Collins, it's not that they added Zach Collins. They added Zach Collins for three years for $22 million. Like I, he has not stayed healthy. He's played like 11 games over two years. It's just like, that is, it's puzzling to to sign to someone for over 20 million bucks on that, in that regard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to like Zach Collins a lot as a, as a, he played three years for the Blazers and it just, I really wanted to, but it's just our four years technically, I guess. Uh, but on the floor for yeah i can't remember if it was three or four because you missed so much time it's like fuzzy now but losing patty mills and demar Derozan and rudy gay like just like put a fork in the spurs like because that's like not a competitive yeah. team anymore
0: it might be more fun than um we're used to because it's you know Derek white Dejounte murray keldon johnson primo too, um primo yeah you know we could do we could see some cool stuff those
1: guys are dope like i'm i'm all in on murray and I'm all in mm-hmm. on uh uh I'm all in on Derek White when healthy too. So I mm-hmm. think that they've got this cool, like, and I'm also I'm still a believer in Lonnie Walker the fourth, too. Like right uh Forgot about yeah, me. like they they've got some cool pieces, but it's just this collection is just so jarring. It's that's that's the thing. And mm-hmm. so if like I I have no they're gonna be bad. I just don't know, but I don't know what, what kind of bad they're gonna look, you know. So that's all. I think they'll be we will probably lose a lot of close games, but lose a lot of games. Yeah, they'll be coached well. Say that yeah, much.
0: we know that. Let me ask you a question, hmm. though. Would you be surprised if the Rockets, our Nets team, are better than the Spurs? I don't know why. It might just be, you know, we got rid of some of the toxic personalities. We got some nice stuff going on. Uh, and I'm incredibly high on Jalen Green. But I think the Rockets are going to be, like,
1: not sneaky good, but, like, sneaky okay. I would not be surprised. Um, It okay. wouldn't be like a weird, like, oh my gosh, can you believe now? I wouldn't. I would be like, oh yeah, okay, I can see that. It's like, it doesn't mm-hmm. it computes if anything? Because Jalen Green, like, let's say he's that good, right? And we've seen this. Like, I don't think he's like being talked about like Luca was, but Luca was that good right away. There's there's rookies that mm-hmm. come into the league and they're actually that effective, where they can actually have that killer instinct and win games. Uh We've seen it. It's rare, but it happens. And then Sengun is like, this is like the. Uh state farm
0: ad read that all the uh all oh, the uh, nba podcast yeah, yeah i know
1: i know exactly what you're talking about that tim, tim Duncan one yeah, yeah it happens and singun seems legit and then i think daniel tice is a mm-hmm. good veteran to have around uh as well yeah I wouldn't, i wouldn't be surprised if the rockets like because things we can see things going really bad for the spurs but if you could also and no one expects the houston rockets to be good but what if they were? Mm. And that's like, it's plausible. Like, it's just plausible for, I mean, I say good relative in a relative term. Right. Yeah. Like, they might win 30 games into 20. Or yeah. Something. I'd say, I'd say 20. I think if you, if they, if I looked up and they had 27 wins and the Spurs had like 25, I would be like, that wouldn't shock me at all.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, Jalen Green should be, if I were Vegas, I'd be like, you can't bet on him to win rookie of the year at this point. I love that he is like incensed that he went number two overall i love that like he's gonna average 25 5 and 5 this year he's gonna be insane i especially because like they don't have a lot of stores that are gonna be like like and he i don't know if you saw oh i sent you the clip of him just like one-on-one demolishing the wizards (laughs) like that was he just was like he looked at kuzma who's a veteran NBA player who turned himself into a solid defender on like championship caliber player. He looked at him and said, your lunch
1: and just toyed with him. <laughs> um, I expect him to win rookie of the year. I, I'm more excited to watch them than I'm excited to watch Cade cutting him on the, on the Pistons by yeah. quite a, quite a bit. The Pistons are very boring. Uh, rockets are not. Yeah. I liked the old, and I'm a big fan of the old school Pistons too. So it's like, it kind of like sucks that they've been so boring for so long. So, but mm-hmm. the Jalen Green, I feel, would like,
0: be fun to watch. A lot of the teams I'm down on, is because of like my baggage with them. Like the Lakers, I I feel like I'm medium on because I'm I'd be an idiot not to be, like to be down on them because they're they are good. Yeah, they're good. I hate the Lakers because they beat the Nets in the finals when I was a youth. Very small. Uh, the Spurs, I hate because like my first real basketball memory is that game sits of that finals when he Tim Duncan annihilated Kenan Martin. I, I love um, that, but the hate. That's... I like the Pistons are nothing to me because they would always beat the Nets when they were good. Like the Heat, I don't like because they, took out the Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson, Vince Carter Nets
1: too many times. Like all that stuff, it's all yeah. old baggage. It's it's just just hard yeah, for me at this it's point. It's fair. It's it's your feelings and it's what you. I tell you the prism and what you view the NBA. So I totally understand that. Like totally. Let's do the Jazz. I'm excited for this. This is the, obviously as a Portland Trailblazers fan and like this, but this I think this is the most like. Noteworthy full division of like just these teams mm-hmm. are all interesting for one reason or another. I agree. So, the Jazz, I think,
0: I don't know if it would work. I think they're a sneaky candidate to do something drastic. Like, I don't know if it's somehow a Ben Simmons trade. Like, oh my gosh. I don't know how wow. that would happen. Sending Rudy Dobert to a third team and being like Simmons, your R5 somehow. Um, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if that's the move, but something drastic I think is going to happen this year. If not, I think that they are again, like clear cut, one seed. Um, I think they're like, you know, they're a first they're a regular season judge or not at this point.
1: I expect them to finish in the top three. I wouldn't I, I still I, I'm now I've talked myself in after going through all these Western Conference teams. Um I've mm-hmm. talked myself into saying that, that this is they're not number one, but they're probably they're somewhere in the top three. I I would actually expect them to be third. I would I would I would okay. expect it just if i'm just put you Suns, lakers yeah jazz. i think that's fair too i i just don't i don't i don't know like there's something about that i just feel uncomfortable about the jazz this season and i think that's mostly just chemistry like like mm-hmm. adding rudy gay and eric Pascal is actually they're pretty it's pretty cool uh and then Jared, and then yeah, I... you have jerry butler listed here too right yeah Yep, I put steel in that''s to his yeah. name. I think he's gonna be a stud. So I don't know. There's something. There's something that, like feels off. So that's just a gut thing. So it has nothing to do with actual basketball. Like, and, and...
0: no, I, I. That's why I was saying that I could see them being a sneaky, like, not blow it up to tank, but like blow it up and change this thing. Because it seems like there's some sort of unease with Go- Gobert and his fit. Yeah. Uh, as like a chemistry guy. Yeah. And also like he gets destroyed every playoffs, but it just seems like personality wise something is off with his connection
1: with the rest of the NBA basically because everyone seems to not like Dude, him. like honestly like, when I what I don't like about Rodrigo Baron when I don't I don't know obviously I don't know any of these people is that he's French huh no it's not that it's just like this I, I I'll speak as for emos out there I mean emos like I'm not an emo like dude I don't like listen to emo music or whatever but like I'm just like an emotional human like I'm a very emotional mm-hmm. person and so like I will watch like commercials about like I'm also the, the, a dad of two young kids. So I have like this like real weird, like I'll watch like a commercial, of, like like with like, a, a dad and a son, like just start tearing up, you know, I'm like, ridic- I'm mm-hmm. ridiculously over the top emotional, but there's certain things. I just think that it's like, it's weird to be emotional about. And when he didn't make the all-star team a couple of years ago, and he was in the interview and he started like tearing up about not making an all-star team. I was like, even for mm-hmm. someone like me who is like overly emotional about stuff. I'm like, that's like, why do you play basketball? You play it to get, in all-star games like because mm-hmm. i don't do the things i love for awards i don't do my job to be get awards like i don't like that is like being recognized by like peers or like fans or like by i don't i i i just don't understand that like and he seemed to have mm-hmm. a really weird reaction about the the france team losing in the, uh, the olympics as well and it's like as if it were like it affecting him in this real way and it's just like bro like you need to like just i don't know i don't get i don't get that. i mean the
0: france team losing is more understandable i think because it was like the most vulnerable the us team yeah, was I and guess. probably
1: will be it's just like it's just like it's a compilation of his react emotional weird reactions the things that and and I, right no i, we I feel don't you. see that with other foreign players in fact other foreign players are tough as nails in a lot of t- and they have like to come in with fu mode like i think luca is like That's ultimate true. fu mode i think that even like guys like that are seem passive. He's kind of a diva though. Yeah, but like guys like Peja Soyakovic or like they they seem like they're really out there to like they're going for it. They're gunners. And they're and he's just the antithesis of that. So I don't understand Rudy. And as a person, I don't need to. I don't dislike him either. I just don't get like I don't get it. And I think that. Mm-hmm. And I, this new ownership group, you feel they want to do something. You can feel it. That's
0: usually like, I mean, that's a cliche, but it, it happens almost every time. New owner syndrome, they always do something weird. Yeah,
1: and so I, I think that this is why I don't like the fit of this team. And I also adding Hassan Whiteside is just like also like I'm afraid for that. Bad. bad. Derek yeah. favors to Hassan Whiteside as your backup big is a huge downgrade. Yeah, it's basically saying, hey,
0: Rudy Gobert, we're not cutting you back. We're increasing your role.
1: Mm-hmm. So I have no clue what to expect from them uh, as far as like a playoff team. I would expect them to be out by the second round, but I would expect them to be good in the in the, the regular season, like above good. Like Mitchell will do cool things. Conley will do cool things. They'll be a top three seed and then you're like, and then they'll be done. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. but- so this team is another high floor or high ceiling, low floor, maybe like a volatile team. I'm very high on them because I think Yotich is my favorite favorite active player wow uh definitely my favorite non has never been a net type of guy favorite all-time player is Vince Carter of course um Jokic is just like Jason Kidd as a pudgy center (laughs) yeah like it's it's insane I love it it's true and he just does like crazy stuff um I think he's incredible and then like he's incredibly clutch too like I love him he's awesome I was so glad he won MVP um Michael Porter Jr. going off. I could see that happening. I did see him going off and it benefiting the team. I like like their point guards, obviously, huge downgrade from Jamal Murray. But they're good enough for like the regular season, I think. They're like grinders on defense for the most part. They added a dude called Bones Highland. Yeah, <laughs> Bone, like That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like he's you know he's gonna be good. Yeah, I this is the Sean t- Bones Highland. Like
1: it's a it's a stud amazing name, by the way, uh, to your point. This is the team that if they had came came into the season with the fully healthy roster, which means healthy meaning mm-hmm. Jamal Murray, it would be the would be my favorite to win the West. Right. Uh, me too. But but don't have Jamal Murray and he's probably not going to play until the end. And so that's going to hurt him. So they're going to be in a lower they're going to be in a lower tier of a playoff. Like mm-hmm. they're going to have to go through a lot more wars to get to that w- winning the West. So. Um, but that's the thing with the West this year. Everyone has a nick. You know, everyone's a little right. unhealthy, or everyone has it's it, whatever it is. That's just the thing. Uh, so I would have I would have picked them to go to against the Nets or the. Pre- previously, I would have picked them to play against the Nets or the Bucks, uh, mm-hmm. in the in the finals going this season. But I can't do that with Jamal Murray being out for most of the year or all of the year, depending on. I mean, we've seen setbacks become more normal like even with it's not something you count on it could have jamal mm-hmm. could effectively miss the entire season
0: right and then also it seems like even if he comes back early it, he's not going to be jamal murray like all taps jamal murray yeah. in his bag as they say um until next year yeah so next year i
1: think they're probably the favorite out west i i honestly like i'm excited to get to That's my me team on what, guys? i'm excited to get to my team because i think that mm-hmm. this is like the but uh so i'm, I'm gonna like kind of pass a little bit on the Denver Nuggets because yeah. also hard to team to talk about for me because they have been our nemesis your nemesis yeah, yeah. <laughs> For like especially um Nurkic who
0: literally yeah war war criminals on his t-shirt
1: and <laughs> a game against them um yeah <sighs> like I mean I think Jokic is awesome I think he has Matt he's given us massive disrespect um even like we're di- I mean anyone's like like going back to two years ago where he was throwing like hammers into Cantor's Mm -hmm. injured shoulder like at the free throw line and like just like here's another thing yeah
0: so like there is that there's the baggage where like Nurkic who I know you're talking about Cantor yeah but like Nurkic was on the Nuggets and like got traded but also there's the eastern European thing yeah like those eastern euro guys have you know there's a lot of strife going on between these countries there and they're built different in, in those countries. They're you know, like Chat said, he tried to haze Drogic, rookie Drogic, and Drogic was like, "No." And Shat was like, "Okay." Like Chat <laughs> well was a bad. little bit put so off by bad. him. So, like these guys are crazy. So, like that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm into it. That's like one of the reasons, like the drama and the weird, yeah. like global nature of the game is one of the reasons the NBA is so crazy and like the best.
1: Uh, Jokic was the MVP last year. I think he was the mm-hmm. best player in all of basketball last year. It was weird, but and it's hard to say that about had a kid this off season. Yeah. So and it's weird to say that about uh, your nemesis because as mm-hmm. sports nemesis right now is the are the Nuggets as a Blazers fan. But uh it's true, and they're really good, and they would have been my number one seed if Jamal was healthy. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that uh yeah, you're right. Like it's just like that's just that's the way they're programmed over there, and like that's who he is programmed to be. You know Dame was very complimentary of the Nuggets after they lost last season, and Jokic and his post game stuff just didn't mention them at all. Like not even like hats off to those guys. or like he didn't he didn't give yeah. one. So um, but whatever, it's cool. Like I think he's so, probably a nice guy. Yeah,
0: he's him. Um, the Blazers though, your team like no one's talking about it crazy off season really busy yeah because everyone's always talking about you know dame wants to be traded does dame want to be traded are they going to trade cj for simmons somehow the citrus think they're going to dame for simmons <laughs> oh
1: my gosh it's uh it's but so
0: joke. let's go through this because it's a lot it's them uh, they the,
1: added i didn't realize like on your sheet so you have a sheet right here that we've been going off of it is the most like of all the mm-hmm. additions and subtractions it's a huge list it's like other than maybe even bigger than the Lakers, as far as just like a text box goes. It's more like, yeah, it's crazy. OK, some of that is little notes, but still. So they added
0: Larry Nance Jr., who both of us are pretty high on. Huge. Yes. Uh He's just a, like they haven't had a four. No. Since Lamarcus Aldridge, really. No.
1: And that that wasn't. And he should have been a five. Yeah, it should have been a five. And then so then you have a, a combination of Al Frucamino and Mo Harkless just trying to do their r.i.p doing their best they're i know they're, great guys yeah nice guys they're doing they misunderstood. were misunderstood they were trying so hard but they couldn't do it um mo was chased in that chump change and then dream and would then say. neil o'Shea decided we don't need fours at all like we don't even need like a single person derrick yeah. jones yeah yeah um like i mean good as a three like a rim running three but not a four but mm-hmm. either way they tried it on a today's NBA. uh but yeah so they finally have a four, in Larry Nance, to to, to go mm-hmm. back to what you're saying. And I'm so excited. Cody Zeller, huge upgrade at back to point
0: guard. You know, Enos does his absolute best. <laughs> but it's not good, you know? We can't play cancer. Really good offensive rebounder.
1: Really good, like, nose around there for scoring. But his pick and roll That's defensive. It. His pick and roll just defense is just... <laughs> it's so oh my gosh i wanted to bite my pillow so many times just watching them try to cover pick and roll defense and that's why they lost this is why so they upset. lost last year to uh to the, the nuggets it's it's because the backup center minutes were just a vacuum of zero scholars
0: have argued that that is the real reason that uh the president of turkey has it out for him not that he's outspoken that the president of turkey is <laughs> a dictator. he's so actually, bad at pick and roll defense so bad at Exactly, Edgeron cannot take it. Yeah, I get that. Uh, they also added Tony Snell, who never misses a shot, doesn't shoot a lot, but he a does it's, uh, going in. Patrick Peterson, Dennis Smith Jr., um, Ben Matlamore, Marquise, Chris, Quintrot So some nice like reclamation projects. Plus yeah. uh, Ben Matlamore definitely upgraded the bench, and then the biggest addition is Chauncey Teller. Billups, who a lot of people, I guess, you know, credit nice. him for the um, Clippers' success last year. Uh, yeah. Another like great basketball mind seems like a real like
1: leader. I would agree. I think he's been doing that. Like it's what we, it's. I think he's going to be like a Steve Nash kind of coach, right? You know, he comes mm-hmm. in and he, he's able to operate really well because he's able to explain the opposite of what we talked about with Jason Kidd. You know, he's able to translate that stuff and be really good and uh, change up the offense, which is needed to change uh, for the last two seasons. Change up the defense that's what been killing us. Um I looked at like mm-hmm. the the net ratings like for like or like not just the, I looked at net ratings, but I also just looked at like they've been the top three in offense. The Portland Trailblazers have been like the top three in offense the last three seasons, but in the mm-hmm. la- bottom three in defense, like last three or about the bottom three in defense the last three seasons, except for no, they were 16th three years ago in defense. I don't know what it was. They just had a. They were operating. A, Is that
0: the year they went to the conference finals? Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: no. It was so. The, the, yeah. Yes, it was the year they went to the conference finals.
0: So the one year they
1: had a only slightly below average defense. Yeah, so it was right the in middle pack. Right. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. So to note though, this the Dennis Smith, Marquise Chris, Quinn Cook, and Patrick Patterson, Patrick uh, Peterson, I think they they only have room on the roster for one of those guys. Oh though okay. so they're not like straight up additions uh yet i think that the way that they're they have their rosters uh, one or two of them so i don't think that all four are gonna be making the team i'm hoping that mm-hmm. it's marquise chris and i'm hoping that it's quinn cook um i think that just like i think quinn cook is a good chemistry guy i think that he can hit open threes i think that he can also mm-hmm. handle the ball a little bit which is like and be like not like a necessarily distributor, but just if you just want someone to bring the ball up the floor, you know, just because I just you need those guys. Like it's weird, but you actually need someone to just do that simple thing, like bring the ball yeah. up the floor and hand it to the guy you're supposed to. Like that's a skill. I don't I, in, in the yeah. NBA you need that guy, and and he can do that. And Marquise Chris like is that project like you talked about? Um, I'm a, I'm out on Dennis Smith, Dennis Smith Jr. I don't I don't really feel like that's I think thing. he's only like 23. I know, but I just you know show me. I know. Yeah. It does seem like, you know, at this point, yeah. but and then Patrick Peterson know. is fine. I I would want him, but I would I'd rather have Marquis Chris more, which is weird to say, because I think that I just think there's more upside there. If if you're going to like a 15th roster spot guy, I want the upside guy versus the guy that plays better now. But maybe Marquis mm-hmm. Chris can show something.
0: So do you think the where do you think they're at? Do you think they're top six seed? The number six, the, number five. The, I think the Nuggets are definitely
1: top set seed. Let me look real fast, actually, because let me. think. Okay. So it's it's definitely we already said the Lakers, the Jazz, and the Suns. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Later, the, Jazz, and Mavs, Mavs for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: And then Nuggets. And so Nuggets. So five, probably. Triple digits, I should say. It's probably either like they were six last year. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's either six or seven. So they're either like competing at the top of the playoff game playoff game or or Billups and Nance and this new like little like tweaks he's going to do with the offense with more ball movement and getting more open shots for Damon CJ as opposed to like mm-hmm. him having to. I mean, the reason Dame pulls up from the logo is because he had to. They literally had to because they they were sending blitzes and traps at him with two defenders mm-hmm. all the time. So he had like he had to learn how to shoot competently from 35 feet, Um like which is insane because the offense was so unoriginal but this billups supposedly is going to installing this move like more motion more like fluid movement where the um where Nurkic, who's a really underrated pastor is gonna be able to touch have the ball in his hands a little bit more and do a little more touch touches mm-hmm. so i'm excited to see that so if it all clicks and all goes well yeah i think they can be the six but if it doesn't i think that they'll probably be somewhere in like around the seven to eight but eight range but i think that just floating in that three space six to eight is kind of really where they're going to end up uh, unless tragedy hits were where they just have a lot of injury, like bad luck. But Mm. this is a really good basketball team. Um, Like because you have, according to all the lists that came out of all the player rankings, Damian Lillard is a top 10 NBA player. And most of the time when you have a healthy top 10 NBA player on your squad, you're going to be making a playoff appearance and they have the longest running playoff appearance um, uh, in the Western conference right now. Um, so not bad. they've done that. They've done it year over year, over year, like, uh, since like 2011, 2012, they've made the like. Play- mm-hmm. No, 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 that's not true. Um, but they, I can't remember what it, it's not since then, but they've have right now, they've made the playoffs consistently more than, uh, even like the Warriors, the Lakers, like they've had, they've been there more times, uh, in recent history. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to see that streak keep going. And I think that they're going to do it.
0: Okay, that brings us Wait, to a question can, mark. Can
1: I do? Oh. Can I do one thing about the Blazers? Yeah, because it's like the only place. And just even if it's just with, even if no one's listening right now or listened <laughs> this far, I'm gonna do this with mm-hmm. you because I've wanted okay. to have this. Like, I thought about this this morning, and I'm so um, It's like annoyance more than anything. But I'm gonna take a drink of water, and then I'm gonna tell you. I have no idea in the world why people think Damian Lillard is like either going to be traded or wants to be traded. He had one tweet one on the night that they lost to the Denver Nuggets last year and is should I st- and it was and it was Nipsey Huck hustle lyrics. It wasn't even his own words. It was about it was about mm-hmm. like kind of saying, how long should I stay loyal when things are going bad? And that was just like, all it was was a motivational tool. All it was was saying, how long should I be doing this for you guys if you're not going to really help me out? It wasn't like it wasn't a threat. It wasn't and but yet we're here we are months and months later, where we have the Damian Lillard situation, or Who knows how long Dame's going to want to stay in Portland? Like podcasts this week, like from major publications such as ESPN and The Ringer are still bringing this up as if it were a real thing. None of his camp, his agent, his own words, nothing. He said nothing or his agent has said nothing or his friends have said nothing. No one is saying anything about this. In fact, CJ has been saying outwardly the opposite of how. Dame is here. Dame is good. And like yet Mm -hmm. some, for some reason, and even Dame is like, I'm, I'm here. I'm excited about Portland. Like I I quoted lyrics once on the night that I was bummed out about my team losing, you know, but yet this got turned into this whole thing where like one of the top five stories, the NBA this whole off season was Dame wants out. I I'm perplexed by this. I have no idea. It's the media machine, just making up storylines to have something to say. And I really Mm -hmm. feel like it was like, Really, it was really truly annoying for Portland Trail Blazers fans to have to just suffer through lis- listening or watching any sports talk about basketball, like as if Damian Lillard was about to be moved for Ben Simmons or anyone else, and it just wasn't true, like in the slightest. It was so frustrating. So, um I expect him to be, have that be a motivational tool, and I expect him to be a killer this year. And I think that I don't, I don't think he's getting MVP caliber, but he'll he'll be right underneath that in my mind. they are saying it's Dame time. It's always Dame time, but I think, yeah, I think that that is uh, yeah, <laughs> but I think it's be, that's
0: like, it is one of the sickest things. Yeah, I love it. it. Taps the but wrist. But he does
1: it sometimes on the wrong hand where he wears his watch on the right hand, which is, you know, you know, you can't, you can't do that Dame yet. Okay, I see I see that. Yeah, so, so, gotta be
0: consistent. So, <laughs> that's your one note. So,
1: so, YouTube always corrects that. Like, it's like, when he does it on the wrong wrist, it's like, no, Dame, it's, it's supposed to be the left, bro, which is my favorite thing. But anyway, okay. I got. I purged the, my Blazers stuff, so we'll we'll do the mm-hmm. same for you when you get to Nets. Anything you want to get off your chest? Thank you. I'm probably going to talk
0: very little because I'm very superstitious. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, Minnesota Timberwolves added Patrick Beverly, much maligned by the pair of us, mm-hmm. um, Leandro Barbareau, and Torian Prince, who. I didn't tell you firsthand experience. I not good. I'm I'm not bummed. a good NBA. player I liked anymore. him on the Hawks so much too. I know. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't. I even know. I was so who excited have, when we got who him. Who
1: is who? I don't even know this person. Who's Leandro I believe he Bo- was their draft pick. Okay, that makes sense then. I think he was a late first rounder. I yeah. I've never even heard of this person. I was like, wait, an NBA player. I don't know the name of. Like genuinely, I mean, I mean there's a few, but very few. So, um. So okay. this team, um. There's a
0: there's mixed buzz on them as usual. Again, they're one of the cursed franchises. They fired their GM for personal reasons more so than yeah. performance reasons. Yeah. It hasn't been great performance-wise, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um So the real question here is if be, it seems like people are arguing, you know, Cat has had like two off-seasons, two seasons in a row, just the worst things that could happen to a person as a person. And that's why he hasn't taken the Nets leap after his first leap into becoming an amazing all-around basketball player. And he's just been like kind of stalled as a great offensive player. They added, or no, they didn't add D'Angelo Russell still there. They have Anthony Edwards who should take a leap in a second year. I am incredibly high on Anthony Edwards because he's just kind of like a Benny the jet type figure. <laughs> yeah, you know, cool. he's one of those guys who's legendary at everything, incredibly charming. Um, it, you know, seems like, he, I know there were a lot of questions about his work ethic and all that, coming in last year it seems like he's like dedicated to basketball uh he said all the right things last year when they were losing a lot he was like you know i gotta do better on defense i gotta figure this out i think he's gonna like he put in real effort i think he's gonna be better on that end i think they could be you know i think they're gonna at least threaten for the play-in game like maybe really? i know the 11th seed isn't great obviously yeah I, I think they're not gonna be a disaster as they have been
1: I feel like this is the one t- team. Is like I don't have sympathy for entire organizations very often, but man, I, this mm-hmm. is this is the one probably. Uh, and and that centers around Cat. but just like being bad for so long, having barely making the mm-hmm. playoffs for like forever. Like they've had that one bad ownership. Bad ownership. Um, I mean, uh, did, did and Glenn then Glenn Taylor is the owner, right? Is that the name of the Yes. And just historically awful owner. And just and and, and they sold too. to a Rod. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and which is not going to win you any favors. Like everyone <laughs> yeah. hates a Rod. Yeah, I mean, Glenn Taylor felt like kind of like Donald Sterling vibes, a little racist to, to me, mm. and and the stuff I've heard him say and talking. He's ancient. Um, I don't. I'm not. That's not. I'm not saying that as an excuse or forgiveness. It just seems like he's kind of. I don't know. I just. I just don't like the the vibe still around this team because anytime you have to like cut your cut and run with like your one of your higher up executives right before the season starts, yeah. like. It's already kind of set up to be another letdown, and that's a bummer for Cat. And I just want to see him. Like, I've been along. Like, I want to see like him come to Portland. Like, that's my that's my thing. Like, they'd be worse defensively, but I think that that's like that. If we're talking about like, all the pipe dream trades that I would want to see happen, mm-hmm. I think that this is like a Nurkage and like draft picks and um and like I wouldn't even say CG, but maybe Anthony Simons and just like a a collection of stuff which I know that the the wolves would never do. I just know that. Mm-hmm. But like, that's my like ideal. Like I want to see like a, a real awesome stretch, like offensively minded uh, uh, center. So I just want him to get, but, or I just want to get him off the wolves. Cause I want them to see him do good. I want good. things yeah. for, Save cat. Yeah. I want to do good things for cat in the world. Um, and what if they had Simmons for like
0: DLO and, uh, Malik Beasley somehow, I think if I were the Sixers. um, If I were the Sixers, I'd be like, D'Lo, third team, keep Beasley.
1: I still like the the Kings' trades out there better than that.
0: We're going to talk more about Simmons in a minute. I was just like, I don't know. So similar to you, when the Nets first added KD and Kyrie, and pretty much immediately it feels like the Harden to the Nets buzz followed from there, I was like, we don't need Harden. You know what would be good? A center. That's not DeAndre Jordan. (laughs) Yeah. So what if, you know, I was like, Similar to the package, I was like, get um, you know, they have D'Lo up there. Let's get the uh like rebuilding hustled and grind Nets. Yeah, In Mini going. Add you know we'll throw you, Jared Culver or not Jared Culver Jared Allen, uh, Caris Lavert, and then or Dinwiddie, whichever one they wanted. Of course, I'm am generous. Yeah, yeah. And then I would have taken I would have some pitch. I would have
1: loved that if I were a Nets fan too. That would have been sick. Yeah. Could
0: you imagine like, Tar <laughs> Karl- <laughs> Anthony Towns as. I, the floor spacing five like you don't need defense when you have no, Tyree you KD and Kat I, but I mean Harden you know great consolation prize
1: I think KD would I think that's what also Kat needs like
0: he's being asked to, yeah you have to play defense be, at but at he's
1: being point. asked to do something that's not I don't think really who he is like I want yeah. Kat with someone like a Dame or a KD like you know just like hey like dude what like you're on this cusp Come over here, hang out with me for a little bit, and I'll show you. And then a few years, like this, will be yours. And he's mm-hmm. having to do it. He's having to foster that and manufacture that with like toxic ownership and bad culture, and always like by himself. He's he's supposed to be. How is he supposed to do that? Like, how, I just hey, save Carl Anthony Towns, please. Someone, I feel like the way it.
0: you're picturing this, when as you say that, Carl um, Anthony Towns is Luke Skywalker, and Damian Lillard is. Darth Vader and he's just like join me yeah and together
1: yeah or anybody I it can be it can be your Nets thing too I mean hypothetically in the past it could have been your Nets thing it's anything like hey I want this guy on a good uh, team
0: hypothetically and you know aggregators don't run with this we're not pretty I don't know anything here (laughs) um if they wanted to be like hey here's Carl Anthony Towns can we have Tyree Irving I'd be like oh I twist my arm you know yeah I would drive Tyree to the airport for that (laughs) I would drive Tyree to minnesota (laughs) i'd be like let's go buddy We can listen to whatever you want you can pick the podcast you can talk to me all about the flat earth (laughs) like whatever you want we can watch after earth Uh, here's underreported thing in Kyrie's bio for the longest time was fear like it was an after earth quote and i was like forget the flat earth thing that is a
1: huge red flag that this guy is quoting after earth in his bio that's amazing that's actually anyway incredible um can we do like two minutes at most on Oklahoma City and then just be like, yeah, yeah, that Um, Oklahoma City is
0: actively trying to be bad. Hopefully they don't shut down Shea again and let him like rack up stats so that when he retires as one of the all-time greats, it shows. (laughs) Yep. If he, I mean, you know, probably not like a top top all-time great, but like top 75 player looks like he could be Mm -hmm. like he could be top 100 all time like and you can't shut him down when he's 20 years old. Yeah, because you want to tank. Yes. Like when a 20 year old is leading Damn your franchise God. on to the fringe of the playoffs, like you let him do that, you let him lead them where they're going. It doesn't matter that you want a better pitch. You got Josh Giddy, was that worth like
1: horrible? No, being horrible? It wasn't. no, yeah. And Josh Giddy looks fun, like he looks cool, but I don't know. This team has two good players, and we were right you just mentioned one the of them, and then Dort's the other one, and that's Dort, that is literally the extent of it, and uh and hopefully torture they- chamber is incredible What was that great net the torture chamber yeah the dort- <laughs> oh, he's got so many good nicknames um uh, remember like dash the dude in that discord he's from yes. okay see he-, he was like listing off some of the the really rad nicknames that dort has i guess and in- also there's a lot of them he has like a-, a weird relationship with Velveeta
0: cheese they always stump for him it's interesting great. all right yeah okay i love it
1: well uh yeah i'm i'm good i don't even i i, I couldn't even a- talk about the thunder if you i if we tried I was i to say
0: okay so with the western conference wrapped up that brings us to some storylines we have an eye out for some things that are intriguing to us this season so one of the ones i wanted to bring up was the ben simmons situation kerfuffle disaster embarrassment whatever you want to call it Bruhaha, i think it's probably I, the best br-
1: i like kerfuffle but Bruhaha probably does it takes the cake there
0: because it's literally unprecedented, and it's also like not only has this never happened before, it's so weird because he's a top twenty player, but it doesn't feel like he is because he's a coward. It's <laughs> wow.
1: a basketball player. Um, he wasn't listed in the top twenty uh, in ESPN's rankings, and I don't I don't know about mm-hmm. Sports Illustrated rankings this season, but I would imagine not. I just didn't I just didn't look, but
0: mm-hmm. but prior to this year, he was pretty much consensus top yeah, 20 like, i feel like he's been he's on top 30 now all, all NBA like, teams he dropped like about 10 sp- yeah. probably
1: dropped about 10 spots
0: but it seems like the Sitzers, based on all the reporting all the rumors everything that people we listen to read have been saying they want a top 10 guy the exchange. which is nuts. they want they whiff they missed the Harden trade seems like they got rope doped and were being used as leverage and because they were being used as leverage and probably or maybe didn't have a chance to get Ben uh, Harden, they think they can get a Harden type player for Simmons, which is ludicrous at this point.
1: I don't even know the value. Like, I don't even know like what Ben Simmons is worth because of all this chaos. And like, it just like the quality, like, I think there's something we said, we talked about with Joe Bell McGee, like the quality of person mm-hmm. and the quality of character that someone has to a basketball team. It matters right. a lot. You these, te- these are small families that you're with all the time. And like, the statement that you're making as a person, not, not even like as a basketball player, but as a person, like, I don't want to be with you. I signed I'm contractually obligated to be with you. I'm, I signed a contract to be with you for four more years and I just don't want to anymore. I just don't, I don't feel like it mm-hmm. for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. It just like that to me is like, it's, it's kind of an, it speaks more about Ben Simmons, the human. And I, and mm-hmm. he might be getting bad advice. I don't know, but it's up to him to make those decisions and and to show up to camp at least to just participate we asked for asked for a trade i don't know what the relationships are like with joel and beat or whoever all there's so much reporting on this but
0: it seems like it's bad now uh, yeah yeah. after all that he said
1: but like i just don't i think that this has made it worse like and it's made it's hurt his trade value to more people like us who would probably have an idea have very little idea and like
0: I would have been okay last year when, like, again with the Harden trade. And this is just because of Tyree's off the court shenanigans even before his COVID issues. Yeah. Um, even before that stuff, I just like, he's annoying as, like, off the floor. And the way he plays basketball stresses me out, even though it can be beautiful. So I was like, I was like, listen, get Harden in here and Simmons for Tyree. Like, Simmons would be our big defender. Like, he didn't lock down everybody for us. Yeah. Um, which now, obviously, I want to do that even with Tyree possibly also sitting out the season. All right. So now that we're done with the Western Conference, let's take a look at some of the storylines that we're most intrigued with. Obviously, there's two kind of lingering over everything and two that fortunately have kind of come to a little bit of a head, worked out a little bit. And that is the Ben Simmons situation in Philadelphia. And the Tyree Irving situation with Brooklyn.
1: I, uh, I'm like fascinated by the Simmons situation just mm-hmm. in general, because he's like back in town um, apparently, but no one knew that he was coming to town. Like Elton Brand was like stunned that he like arrived. So mm-hmm. he obviously came unannounced. And I just think it's just like the weirdest storyline we've had in the NBA for so long. Like it really is like the Kyrie thing is just like this weird expected thing. Like, Right. someone who believes the earth is flat is of course is not going to is be reluctant to uh, someone who sages the court, you know, before <laughs> before they play who mm-hmm. thinks the earth is flat. And I'm not totally like dismissive of that. The saging part, by the way, yeah. I just think it's just that it fits. Like it makes sense. The Simmons thing just doesn't make sense. Like none of it's ever felt. It, it never felt like it made it added up to me. Like, I don't know. I feel like the fans have really had a lot of um, like pull in this. Like they've had, a, they've been a big factor. Like, uh, I know that Doc Rivers said some not too uh, assertive things about Ben Simmons after they he passed up that dunk, and I know you and Pre- you've told me you've called him a coward, which I don't I think that I don't think that's wrong. Either. He's a basketball coward. I don't know.
0: I mean, yeah. him showing up means maybe, you know, maybe he's misread things, and I don't want to call a guy or like <laughs> anyone like a coward in life. Yeah, but on the basketball floor, floor, and maybe basketball money wise, coward.
1: How, how many times have you seen that clip play? Like when he passes up the dunk and kicks it to Thigh bowl. Like I've seen it like 20 times.
0: Um, Probably like two or three. I like, I don't know if it made the cut for last time, but I hate Philadelphia. I hate the yeah. 70s So I don't watch a lot of them.
1: I don't know. I just feel uh, so. like I watched so much of the jump like mm-hmm. this last this offseason season. And it, they just played it. Anytime he came up, they talked about him. They just played that clip like on a loop while they were having the conversation. And so I feel like I've seen it like 20 times. And every time I watch it, I'm just baffled by passing up in a completely open dunk, kicking it to the and then just like kind of looking around for the ref. Like, where's the call ref? Like he's almost trying to like escape his uh his like moment of being like totally shy to shoot. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand the psyche there. It's just yeah. very strange. But And then
0: also he's just like he refuses to shoot pretty much in general. Even just being willing to would open up the floor so much. He's forced a seven foot three dominant post player to become a face up like almost the forward that Ben Simmons should be is what Embiid has become, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And like you got to give Embiid his um his applause for that. But like, what are we doing, Simmons? And then also yeah. just like. He's just an odd player in general, you know. He's six foot ten point guard, super athletic freak, uh, and like truly a point guard, not like a point forward. Like if you wanted to be, yeah. I mean, this was his least assist year, and I think he had like six point eight or something. Wow, as as I actually didn't year. know that. He's like, uh, he's a great passer. He's not like just getting stats, like you know what I mean, like cheap stats. So it's tough. I don't like he's a weird player. He's very talented. You have to build your team around him. It feels like, especially that's what he wants, which mm-hmm. is, I think, complicating the trade, obviously. And then also now I wonder, does him reporting factor in, in a negative way? Cause you know, like if you didn't report, you know, like, okay, at least we know he's, con- he has some convictions and he's like got some fire. You know what I mean? And now I'm like, yeah. he
1: gave in on this as well. Uh, I, according to, what i heard uh, like to like the last preseason game the mm-hmm. crowd was chant The home crowd was chanting f Ben simmons so nice. i don't think he's going to be well received coming back and no i don't I think don't... he can play for them no i you can't he has to like he's back to earn cash i don't think he's right. back to play
0: it's just so uh, yeah but I just,
1: still i have a i have a question for you were you yes. ever a simmons guy like um, ever, like i like this player this type of player
0: coming in i think i was because He's like, like I said, a six foot ten freak athlete, true point guard. And it was just like, oh, yeah, he'll figure out how to shoot. Even if it's not like a great shooter, he'll figure out how to like, you know what I mean? He doesn't need to be a great shooter. He just needs to shoot and he'll get to like 33 percent at least. Yeah. And he just has a mental block, I guess.
1: I I didn't like the whole going to LSU thing at all. I didn't like yeah. that was a red flag. Cause he didn't really, he phoned it in there as well. Yeah. He phoned, he went to a dumb school for basketball, mm-hmm. at least um, for what, and I don't even know what it was like some sort of connection that he, that he had. And then he just, instead of going to a school that would have wanted him competing in, in the, for a national title or even just like being in that atmosphere, he wasn't even at all there. They didn't make the tournament for. And so he just like, and he kind of phoned it in there and, it just didn't seem to try, and I've never been a fan because even though, like you said, he's like he's a freak athlete, he's an amazing passer and a top two to three perimeter defender in the league. Mm-hmm. I don't know, there's something about like just the attitude and just the, the availability for like almost even like the emotional availability with the antithesis of what we talked about with Javel McGee. Like mm-hmm. he's the opposite of Jamel McGee, which is more tools. And I would rather have Jamel McGee on my team seems in a lot of ways.
0: Simmons is like very smug and he's like, I don't think how to say this. Like he just seems like he's anointed and like anointed himself something that he isn't. Yeah. And has since before he was in the NBA. But I, I this might just be because I'm bitter, but in the playoffs three years ago now, Uh, when Embiid just, like, hammered Allen in the head. And Mm -hmm. Embiid was, like, kind of trying to apologize. And then Simmons started, like, hysterically laughing and then made Embiid laugh. Mm -hmm. And I was just, like, ever since then, I've been, like, out on both of them because that's just, uh, you know, unacceptable. Like, they, Embiid, hit Allen so hard. I
1: remember that. Simmons laughed. That was my uh, favorite. That Going into the playoffs, that was my favorite series matchup. Because like you guys were the number seven seed, was that yep. correct? And they were the number two.
0: Yes, and it was like a nice, fun, scrappy, energy Nets team.
1: And then the Nets, like you guys, lost in six games, right? Uh, five games. So five I, games. they
0: got pretty stomped. The Nets for, but they won game it was a, one. There I was, was so they could have won game two or three. The refs were pretty bad. I remember. Uh, pretty like very on the citrus side, uh, <laughs> and Adilo was bad. But Terrace and Dinwiddie went off. Which is I, also kind of a red yeah. flag when, like, you have the top two perimeter defender, and in the playoffs, he's like, Karis Leverge's shoving in buckets.
1: Yeah, I miss Karis the net. Uh, I also do. Uh, because Karis the pacer is not a fun player by comparison. But no. Uh, anyway, yeah, with the Kyrie thing, I don't even honestly know what to say. Like, it's just, it's just like, it is what it is. Like,
0: yeah, I'm happy the Nets stood up to him, and I feel like that yeah. had to happen. But um, just because I'm set, like, it's so weird being a Nets fan. It's just like, at first I was told nobody cared and like Nick's little brother. And then we did all these guys. And then now the joke is that the guys run the team. And it's like, okay, same as literally any team that has a superstar, they're running
1: the team. I'm so removed. NBA. I'm so removed from the culture of the East Coast, specifically the Northeast, because I'm like literally mm-hmm. the polar opposite coast. Like, um, and like, I, I just don't get like, I can get like so I'm a again, I'm like an A's fan, like an Oakland fan of, of Oakland, the fan of the city. We've talked about that. And like San Francisco, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the city. I'm not a fan of the sports teams. But so I can kind of see like there's this, you know, Jets, Giants, Nets, Knicks, like little brother thing. Mm-hmm. But the Nets have been historically good in our lifetime. Yes. The, where, for the last 20 years, the Nets yeah, have been much better so i is. don't know why that even exists at this point like i just don't get that like as someone who's just really removed from the situation because and also california has a bunch of big flip-flop fans too mm. so like anytime like during those like down laker years all of a sudden everyone like went over to the lob city i have a lob city hat in my closet like i all of a sudden became a clippers fan like an honorary clippers fan even though that wasn't my team I'm a portland trailblazers but i still mm-hmm. like had Lob City gear with Chris Paul and DeAndre and Blake because it was a thing. But that's also like speaks to like the kind of fan that lives out here. Like we're very, we, a lot of people are really flip floppy or just kind of go with the vibe. Uh, but I don't know, I don't get the yeah you know, the Nets being little brother. Like in our lifetime, we've seen them go to the finals. We've seen them have Vince Carter and they have Jason Kidd and they've had yep. they've had now Durant and Kyrie and Harden. They've had uh, those those teams you just described. That 2017 team was so fun. And full of, like, fringe all-star guys. Yeah, and they they rebuilt faster than the Knicks could with nothing when the Knicks had, like, high lottery pick after high lottery pick. I just don't understand it. it. I don't understand that It's just,
0: like, the New York thing. Like, um, the Yankees have all their titles from the 1900s, the early 1900s, and they act like the Red Sox are still,
1: like, nothing. And it's like, yo, you have one title this start. 2001 this, this century one title in 2000. I think it's
0: like two because like 2000 or two, oh, 2000 2001, counts. Yeah, they have a couple. Yeah. But yeah. like, I think they might have the same amount, but it's all from like when none of us can
1: remember it at this point. Yeah, like they have was, won in the last 12 years. Yeah, I know we, it's not, we sound dumb because we don't follow baseball as heavily. as yeah. we basketball, <laughs> But it's like the same
0: kind of thing. Like they just cling to the past. And a lot of it is because, you know, like New York, like I hate New Jersey to them from New York type of thing.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, you have to. You're contractually so obligated. Like
0: all these cities and states kind of have some beef from like, don't literally from colonial times and yeah. settlement. So it is tough to be like, but I do get it. And it's just kind of New York's thing is when they did a four seed, they're like, we're back and go off. But I don't know. It's just like a weird weird thing like you were saying i
1: love the observation of like like i won't say visceral visceral hate but there's a visceral dislike that all of you guys seem to have with philly new jersey new york and boston like specifically and a little bit of like wherever pennsylvania like probably like uh like maybe even like further in like inland where like pittsburgh like Mm -hmm. the all you all seem to hate each other which is really great and i pittsburgh isn't really on the radar with that it's not really on the radar okay
0: and um, I think the the pirates are in aren't in the same division at are the same conference. No, they're in past. the NL. Yeah, yeah. So like the, they don't get the Yankees, Red Sox. Uh, yeah. and the Phillies are in a different.
1: They're in the NL East, so I get it. Yeah. But still, like they just the cities, just in general, have this strong. It's dislike. mostly I
0: think it's mostly football and basketball. baseball.
1: and then it, football, baseball, oh, baseball or basketball.
0: It's more like inner, and then we everyone hates the Sixers more. I think I don't think the Celtics thing is that strong.
1: I so the Philly as far as like the Sixers go they seemed like a really easy team to hate and kind of almost want to hate because mm-hmm. I they, they like the Sam Hinkie thing um was it it's Sam Hinkie right yep was it Before. yeah the, the, yeah the, Yeah. I know but like process. that was that was a dumpster fire mm-hmm. and it was like it was easy to hate on that because it just like seemed like such disrespect and I I couldn't stand it um and then like getting in beat and he's hurt right away essentially and then and Ben Simmons is kind of a, like you said, he's kind of entitled like to the max and a lot of NBA players are in fairness. Like I think of guys like Malik Monk, you know, like that guy yeah. thinks he's just the jam and, but at least he's available and he's not afraid to shoot. Like, I mean, right. like, well that's showing the thing. Up to his like team.
0: when you can be a top one player in the NBA and you're top 30 and haven't improved in five years and you have like you're the best player in the league. Versus when you're Malik Mont, who no one actually thinks is the best player in the league, but you still have that confidence, it's more charming. But when you're Ben Simmons, yeah. and
1: it's like, come on, like be better. It's sort I think of like we, the waiting thing, but more. I think we fans, but also like front offices, really enable that type of superstar a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that we just do a disservice to them overall. Like um very few coaches, I think like Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich and some of these more these, these awesome figures in, in our in, in the sport that we love. Like mm-hmm. are they demand so much out of their best players, as much as they demand from their role players, like that that there's an equal yoke there. But I just don't think that um I can't all of a sudden remember uh, Brent Brown or, you know, or that weird dysfunctional yeah. Brian Colangelo front office was as, at all like probably didn't demand of that of Simmons and it hold him to a standard that probably would have set him up for success. And he's already predisposed to wanting to be the center of his own universe and then no one's holding him accountable to shoot to get better to demand that Brent Brown would talk about it in the media a couple of years ago and like oh, we're gonna make him shoot and then he would say it often and he felt like a broken record so I feel like it lost its value but I think it was like there's some enabling that that goes on on our uh, our side as fans but also just front offices are afraid to generally stand up to these players because they can walk at any moment mm-hmm. luckily especially
0: now they can like force yeah. their way out with seems like four years on their contract. Some yeah.
1: is Hats off to Daryl Morey for honestly, I have th- been waiting for this. I'm, I'm more, I am a player empowerment believer. In, and I, I, I like the idea of it, but like, mm. I don't, cause I feel like it, you and I, Thomas, we could go get any job. We want to know it. We're not contractually obligated to do that. And I think that's, I believe in that type of market for pursuing mm. what you want to do and where you want to work. I just don't believe in it. If you signed a contract with the team and you have four years left, or a job or whatever it is you signed a four-year co- contract like then you like you really signed that contract like at least honor like closer to the that four-year end not just yeah. like i can get things going sour. Like, but you still have a lot of time left man
0: also like if you don't want to honor the contract like work with them <laughs> like yeah. don't like hold out because yeah. that's not going to help like you have to there has to be some that's to go both ways a little bit like yes the team will trade you at a moment's notice if they can marginally upgrade for the most part. So it gets yeah. like, there are sour grapes and I get that, but like be realistic and understand that. Like if you are making a mockery of the lead, it's going to be hard to trade you and mm-hmm. yeah, they're for not sure. going to give you away for free just because you're throwing a temper tantrum. I don't know. And I feel like a lot of people have talked about this ad nauseum. Yes. Uh, you have some more stuff to talk about. What was, what was that?
1: actually, just one topic, and it's been I've been really interested in this. and okay. it, it it does, I think feed into the conversation we're about to have about the Eastern Conference. Is any team going to win sixty games this season? I mean, we have a, we're back to a full eighty two. like we last two years, we've had mm-hmm. less than eighty two games. We're now back to a full eighty two. The highest, like the over underline that I see for the Nets which is the highest for most sites, 56, right? It's 55 to 56 point okay. or 56 and a half, because you know, you have to set the over under at like mm-hmm. a half point. So it's like either like most places have it at a 55 and a half over under or 56 and a half. And that that's the line that doesn't mean it's like, that's not what they're betting on. That's just the line of you would put money down on if they're going to break that or be under that. But mm-hmm. that's a shallow line, um, you know, for, for like, a and that's the, and they're the highest, like, mm-hmm. There is because four because three and a half or four and a half more wins is a considerable amount of games, uh, to win to hit 60. Mm-hmm. So, like, you got to really. And now that we know Kyrie isn't going to play like at all until uh, vaccinations happen, mm-hmm.
0: that's,
1: a, I, I, that's a big ask. I just don't know. I don't, I wonder what I was curious what you thought about if we're going to see a team win 60 games this season.
0: So, I feel like a team like some team will because I feel like. We, we usually have at least one team over with 61, right? Almost always. Almost okay. always. It's at like once one. you get to 63 is when it's like that's rare air. Right? Yeah. More 65 is the truly. But um, yeah. so I think someone will. Going into this before the like Tyree thing with COVID and all that, I thought that the Nets, because of what happened last year, where they were the second season, had to play Milwaukee in the second round. And you see, like if you just have bad injury, bad luck, injury time-wise, yeah, timing-wise, uh, like you're eliminated against a team you would have beaten otherwise. So I thought they would kind of go hard for that one seed, just so that they could avoid having a tough, like, getting knocked out in the, um, yeah, in the semis if like things broke bad again. But now, especially after like condensed off seasons and condensed seasons, like jamming in games, and then. Durant went hard in the Olympics and like balled out, I could see them just kind of I'm mean, they're also pretty deep, but I could see them just experimenting in the season and just like as long as they finish top three again, being happy with that, just like letting it be the Cam Thomas show a lot of the time.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm that's actually a thing I'm pumped for. I am like, also because he's I'm just a baller. I don't watch, like we've taught, I've told you privately, I don't watch a lot of East Coast games because they're on at 4 p.m. my time. And if they're nationally televised, I try to catch the second half of them, but it's just at a weird time where, like, there's a lot happening between, like, four and five at my house with two young kids. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, but usually I can, I can catch at least the end of a game or maybe the fourth quarter of a game, but it's not, I don't really feel, I feel like that doesn't only, only counts a little bit when you're watching a fourth quarter of a game. You're not getting the whole story. Yeah. the um, But, I really am excited to watch the Nets now more than ever because of this, because I want to see how good they're going to be. And I think they're going to be extremely good. Um, But also I'm really excited about Cam Thomas. And I'm, I mean, I mean, we've probably hinted at it. We're not really the biggest Kyrie fans in general As like, I, I'm not like, I really loved that 2016 Cavs team, but like, since then he's been a little like hard to like, um, so mercurial, I
0: mercurial, to say the least mercurial.
1: Yeah, but I'm excited for Cam Thomas and I'm excited to see how deep I'm excited for Bruce Brown. I'm, I'm excited for Joe Harris to maybe hit a couple shots and meaningful moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to like, I mean, cause I know that's like the narrative on him is that he hits all the shots when they don't count, they like don't matter. And then he hits. Yeah. Mid, but yeah. I
0: mean, he was a second option in that series defending and kind of like low key locking down drew holiday somehow. Yeah. Um, like,
1: I think he's a good basketball player. Can I, I just, real,
0: I mean, well, I just will. I'll save it. I'll save my Kyrie, t- um, cool basketball player well, tapes. until we talked about the nets.
1: I, I'll say this then because I want to kick in the Eastern conference. Cause I'm actually mm-hmm. pretty pumped to talk about the East. Um, I actually don't think, uh, I think this might be a rare year. We don't have a team hit 60 wins. I just see I that. I like, see that. I just see a the, lot of rest. Yeah. Just a player. I mean, it's a, it's still, we're still in COVID like that's mm-hmm. not gone. Um, Player rest is going to be really important. I think that we're back back to 82, even though the game breaks between games will be bigger. Like, Mm -hmm. instead of teams playing every, like, two out of every, you know, two out of every four nights, they're going to be playing, like, two out of every five to six nights. Like, that's just going to help a lot. But I don't know. I think we've just entered this new space in the NBA where we were already becoming gradually okay with, like, player rest, like, planned rest And I think with now with a pandemic, it just gives you more leniency as coaching staff and front office staff to do so. And we know, and we, every year we get to the playoffs and it's like, we know where the good teams are. It's not surprising. Like they just have to earn their spots. Like that's all they're competing for. Like the nets aren't going to miss the playoffs. Like, like it's not going to happen. And they're not going to probably not be a top four seed either. It's just a matter of, how important is it for them to be number three versus number one and push harder? Like, it's a matter of their own self-importance to that spot than it is more and, like, and holding home court throughout the playoffs rather than anything else. Like, so I could see the player rest thing going bonkers this season. And, and and so therefore, no, we will not have a 61 team.
0: Yeah, I think if we do, it's probably the Bucks because of the whole, like, theory that Zathlow and others have been on that they're just going to be like, we know who we are. Like, we're, we're about it. Like, we did it. We're those guys now. Bow down. I could see yeah. them just being unlocked, especially like Giannis had his, like, he overcame his mental block of free throws. I <laughs> think he might just be unstoppable now. I love that. He already Giannis. basically was. He's just like, I was, I mean, going against him, I was kind of annoyed and I was like yeah. giving into the Giannis hate because he, He's a little clumsy, I'll say, at times, I guess. And he does things that when you're about locked that. against him. It's like, ooh, this dirty guy. Like, because like, he w- was under a couple nets who landed on his feet a, a few times. And I was like, come mm-hmm. on. It's like three times in a row. Yeah. But anyway, um, let's get to the teams. You want to plug uh, Hail Reaper? Yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I'll put it
1: in the other one, too. Yeah. Uh, so if you're into science fiction... Uh, I know that, well, actually you, you, people that are listening to this, if they listen this far, they're probably pretty familiar with uh, you. You've had multiple guests of uh, that are like tout the red rising uh, book series. And so I, I, I help host a podcast with two other friends. That's uh, about the red rising book series. And it is really fun to get on with, with uh, my homies and, and talk about those characters and those biggest plot points of, of the series. And we just uh, have a really good time. Yeah. Uh, it's got, I think, a little different flavor than some of the other the guests that you've uh, brought on. And I think all three of the podcasts that kind of exist in that space right now have like have their own unique kind of qualities to them, which make it fun and make it diverse. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's a series worth talking about because it's so big and impactful and it's really impacted my life on a personal level. And that's why I wanted to start a podcast about it. And it took off a lot faster than I thought. I thought like no one would listen to it. and that was, I was wrong. And it's cool to, um to be in such community with people and, and to share those experiences that are so important for me and get to share them with like all these other listeners that message us and email us uh, about our conversations that uh, we have. And then they like agree or even sometimes disagree, but I'm okay with you guys disagreeing. That's cool. So uh, Hail Reaper um, is the, name of the podcast and you can check it out it on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube at Hail, at Hail Reaper pod. And definitely do that, guys. And then, first,
0: step one read Red Rising, step two listen to Hell Reaper and all the other guys, then read Golden Sun, and then you're just on your way, you know? You're, you're on your way, fast tracking it. Yep. So that's it for now. Catch y'all later. Peace.